Welcome to the Sport Codex Show, episode 92. We have a few things to go over tonight, so of course we've got Twain. How are you, man? Oh, I'm good, bro. Good good to be back on again. It's the one. Not too tired after that uh, epic uh, three-hour part two. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, like, I think what time did it finish? It finished like two o'clock in the morning or something. Eh? I had to get up at like seven in the morning, bro. My day was fucked that Thursday. <laughs> My whole day was fucked. I was tired from the get-go. I was tired when I woke up. <laughs> Basically, we did like six hours on just ripping out the top ten. No, Six Insane. hours. Crazy. But good, good. Loved it. Ah, yeah, it was really awesome. Mm. And Aiden is here as per normal. How are you, bro? Yeah, good. Keep ticking along. Yeah, one all we can do. Mm-hmm. Once. Yeah, so we've got a few topics we're going to go over tonight. We've got pretty epic NFL weekend just gone. We've got to talk about that. We're talking about The Witcher season two, which we've all consumed very quickly. Um, is that a hint? Hint? Maybe. <laughs> and of course we'll talk a bit of NBA, but first up, we're just going to quickly have a yarn about the Hall of Fame, and Twain, I know you've been itching to, you know, to get to get this off your chest a bit with uh, Barry mm. Box not making it, the 10 years in a row now where he's been eligible for it. Mm. Uh, yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on him not making the Baseball Hall of Fame? It's, I think it's bullshit, like, I know the steroid thing, like, we all know baseball from 97-ish to about 2005, 2006 range. Steroids was running rampant, you know. But, like, I just think it's bullshit that he's probably considered the best outfield player and best uh, hitting player of all time. The One of the best hitter, probably the best hitter of all time. And just through politics and the voting process that baseball has, he's not getting in. And I just think it's rubbish that, you know, they're looking at the steroid fact where if you go back to where he first made his debut in 86 to 98, he'd won three MVPs already. Like his numbers, you know, he, he was a league leader in home runs. Um, he was always consistently around the hundred uh, RBI range, which is basically how many runs you are responsible for as a batter. So he was always around that hundred mark, 120, 130 mark. Um, good at stealing bases. Like he was one of the only guys to have 400 home runs and 400 stolen bases. Like I think he's one of the, if he's not the he's, only guy, he's, he's the only guy or someone else's him and someone else. He's one of the few. And plus, he had already had three MVPs by then. So it's like, it's fucking bullshit that he's not in. He should be, he should have got in day dot, regardless of the steroid shit. So, how much, so how many other guys are actually in the Hall of Fame that have had a, like a systemic steroid usage? Like, well, today, announced David Ortiz, which he's, you know, considered probably the best Boston Red Sox of all time. Um, but, he was a part of the scandal, the Balco scandal that Bonds was a part of as well. Like, yeah, granted, he didn't get tested positive for this for steroids when it happened, but his name was attached to that Balco um, investigation that the FBI did. And a lot of those players that were on that investigation didn't get in. And because of how well he was received by the media and how nice of a guy he was, it seems like the voters took that into consideration and he got in first time. Whereas 
Barry Bonds, who is notoriously known to be an asshole to reporters, to the media, to everyone, just a cold individual, hasn't been afforded that same luxury that Ortiz has. And I just think it's bullshit. It's like, it should be, your character should come into it, but when your numbers are astronomically the best, you know, in the sport, you should get in regardless. Like, his number, like, he's got the most, I think he's got the most home runs in history. Like, he's the best home run hitting player of all time. And he's got yeah. the single season record as well. So it's like, you should get in. Yeah, and it's a Hall of Fame. Like, I'm not a baseball fan, but mm. I know Barry Watts. Like, he was yeah. always on the highlights throughout the 90s. Mm. You now those big home run chases, like with Aguirre and Sammy, Sammy. Sosa. So, mm. Mm. you know, like, and as you say, the stats back it up too. And just because he's unlikable or, you know, it, it seems crazy that you just don't pick a guy on that. Like, heaps of people hated Jordan. Like, yes. You just go, nah, Jordan was a dick to his teammates. We're not putting him in the Hall of Fame. It's just, mm. it's, it's crazy. Like, mm. yeah, well, what's a, a recent example you could do, like Westbrook, who's getting hated on because all of a sudden there's a lot more people watching him on the Lakers. are like, oh, he's shit. Mm. And um, he's a dick to reporters, which, you know, he's notoriously has been a, quite a dick to a lot of reporters. Mm. But he's making the Hall of Fame. Westbrook yes. is making the Hall of Fame. So, mm. Yeah, to me that's crazy. It's what happens on the field, and if everyone was using steroids at the time, well, you can't just wipe out a whole generation of players. I mean, am I, am I right there? Like, I'm not that clued up with baseball, like, but it was it was rampant throughout it's, the game, wasn't it? It was like I said, like I earlier said, it was a source of a FBI investigation. That's how fucking you know prevalent it was in the sport, but. It wasn't, he wasn't the only one. And there's been other guys that were on that investigation as well that have made it like Ortiz today. A couple of other guys, um, Ivan Rodriguez, who was a catcher, he was a name that was constantly brought up in that Balco situation and he got in. Um, but it's just, it, like I said, it comes back to the fact like he's every single hitting category in the sport, he's the best at. Um, every single stat. Like, if you can come up with even the advanced stats, he's the best of all time. And he's, he's never, the closest he got was today, or today's vote, which was 61%, where you need 75 to get in. He's never even sniffed 70%. And that seems, to me, it seems personal from the, the Baseball Writers Association. It seems very, very personal that he can't get a look in. So there's a group there, or a small mm. group, they're just, just, Totally refusing to refusing to let him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not going to find that in like the NBA Hall of Fame, which is, Mm. you know, it's notoriously easy to get in there. But Mm. and he just hasn't been the steroid abuse, Mm. you know, in the NBA. I'd say that you know a lot did go on though back in the 80s and that. And I'm sure there's Hall of Famers in there that would have used steroids for sure. Mm. So yeah, I just. I just, yeah. I just don't find, I just don't find a sport where you are the seven-time MVP of your sport, <laughs> and you're not in the Hall of Fame. That's just yeah. asinine to me. You have to be in. If you were voted seven-time MVP by a lot of these same guys, why can't you be inducted into the Hall of Fame? Like it's fucking insane. That is, Aiden. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm about the same. Um, I've never been a fan of Barry Bonds. But, he's dick. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a total dick. <laughs> but yeah, the the numbers speak for themselves. Like, and 
you know, you can say, oh, well, he took steroids, so that's why he had so many home runs. But, you know, it, steroids wouldn't make you hit the ball as well as he did in terms of just making contact. Mm. Uh, it wouldn't make you – he was an eight-time gold glove winner, which is uh, like basically all Yes. Yeah. Uh, steroids ain't going to help with that. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just – yeah, it, it's stupid. And, yeah, at the time, everyone was using – uh, steroids. Uh, I kind of compare that era of baseball in a, in a weird way to uh, what the NBA is going through now with three-pointers. Mm. Like, mm. you're not going to take Steph Curry's record away because everyone's shooting three-pointers now and they're shooting so many three-pointers. You know, it still, mm. it still counts. And, like, everyone was on steroids back then. So, uh, you know, it, it's illegal, so it's a bit different, but it's, you know, it, it's... Everyone, everyone was, was doing it. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Everyone. the numbers are a little elevated, but, mm. you know, it is what it is, man. Um, also, so, uh, some people would say Hank Aaron is a better hitter than, than Barry Bonds. Um, mm. Overall, I just, just sort of bring that up. Hank Aaron <laughs> is just a little fun fact. He, if you take all his career home runs, he's second all-time in home runs to Barry Bonds. Yeah. If you remove all his home runs, he is still the career leader in hits. Yeah. If you remove all 755 of his Wait. home runs, he's still first place in hits. Weren't they family, or like they were related somehow? Oh, I no. I'm sure there was a like. Before, I remember when he was about to um break the record. Like there was, I remember there was a story like fucking him and Hank Aaron were either really really close, or they were like family members, or some something like that. I can't fucking remember, oh, but they were no really idea. close. Yeah, yeah, well, something like that. But yeah, you're right. Hank Aaron was considered the best you know hitter ever, and mm. Barry Bonds is like right there or you know in some categories even yeah. better so he should yeah. be in and also yeah like uh barry bonds uh led the league in walks multiple times which mm. you know like, again steroids ain't going to help with that like it's just it's it's stupid and it's baseball gets hung up in these old timey rules uh mm. and i think this is this is part of that um it's just yeah like it, you know the whole oh don't showboat you know, don't be cocky or else you're getting a pitch thrown at you. That's the rule. Mm. It's, it's all stupid, man. Like, all these all these old people, like, it sounds grim, but, you know, move them the fuck on and yeah. get some new blood in the sport. Like, if you want people to start enjoying baseball, like, people always say, oh, why, is, why don't people watch baseball anymore? It's for shit like this. Mm. You know, let people have fun. You know, someone just, has fun, hits a home run, has some fun, flits, flips their bat as a celebration, and then, oh, no, now you got to take a pitch to the ribs. Yeah, so or to the head. One of the unwritten yeah. rules. It's fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah. Tall it, poppy it, syndrome just about. It, it's yeah. pretty much exactly what it is. It's tall poppy syndrome. Like, And that sport, I feel like, of the three or four major sports in the, Amer- in the Americans, um, they're the ones that have suffered the most the last 20 years because they haven't embraced their young stars as much as the NBA mm. has or even the NFL has to a certain extent where you see an NBA jar, Trey, Luca, you know, Embiid, all these young guys coming through, you know, Jokic, they, they're all celebrated for doing what they do on the court. And there's no like, Oh fuck, he shouldn't be doing this rubbish. Like mm. it, it's baseball is just, it's some of the people that are involved in that game. Just like Aiden said, need to move on. Let some of the, some younger voices that really enjoy the game, get involved and then, you know, fucking try and bring that sport back up because right now it's like, it's a joke that the best, the all-time leader in home runs is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think you just summed it up right there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Oh, well, we'll keep 
we'll keep an eye on this every year. I mean, surely yeah, well, at some stage these one of these mm. old guys just die off or something and he can get <laughs> <it>, but <laughs> yeah. Has there That's been it. any has there been any in NBA that you guys can think that's like been like someone that's unanimously like considered the best at their position or whatever and it's just been like, nah, fuck, you're not getting in. I know nah. in the NFL. I think just I think basketball old. has the opposite issue. Yeah. Too many. Like you know, like Mitch Richmond is in the basketball hall of fame. <laughs> And yeah, he, he yeah. was good, but you know, a Hall of Fame. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, one someone brought up like a really good little quote is just or standard, if you want. It's like, did they, you know, did they contribute to the story of basketball? Like, that, mm. you know, can you tell the story? Like, that's why guys like Vince Carter will be like Barry Bonds is, you know, like. To tell mm. the story of baseball, you have to talk about Barry Bonds, don't you? Mm. Mm. So to Agreed. me, that's just yeah. Whether you loved him or hated him, yeah, he's yeah. got to be in there. Like Mitch yeah. Richmond, he, like Steph Curry, he, ch- he changed the game. Like Clay, even Draymond, like these that Warriors team, like those are guys that you know they sort of changed basketball. They yeah, there's a story to tell about them. They, they're sort of gonna. Make it there, whereas like Mitch Richmond, even T Mac to a certain extent, mm. he didn't really like. Yeah, he was great, but injuries sort of buggered him. And um, mm. I don't know if he should have made it. Bernard King's another guy who I, you know, who's right on the cusp here. That I probably go, nah, Hall of Fame. You know, there's plenty of young guys now that don't know who Bernard King is. So mm. um, it's whereas... the same in the it's the same in the NFL too. Like they have, like they're not as bad as baseball. But there's been certain instances where the voters and people that are responsible for the Hall of Fame process in the NFL have held guys back. Like prime example being Terrell Owens. He's like every statistical category for a wide receiver. He's second behind Jerry Rice, who is the GOAT of wide receivers. And it just took like people couldn't get out of their head the shit that he did, which is mild. And I'll say mild compared to what Antonio Brown's been doing the last couple of years. Um (laughs) you know out of their head like what was the worst that terrell owens did was like fucking got the popcorn out and threw it on the you know the on the star or doing the yeah. sit-ups at home do the, or... do the salute on the star thing yeah like and you could never question his effort like every single yeah. game he played with played. a broken leg yeah when he was on the eagles that yeah he shouldn't have come back but mm. put up 100 yards in that super bowl and fucking wouldn't have got anywhere near the super bowl without him so it's mm. like NFL does the sort of the shit too, where they, you know, they do they like certain guys or they don't like certain guys in the media, and they'll just keep them out for whatever reason. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. Like, mm. Look at like Ray Lewis, what he, yeah, went through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just comes down to personal opinion, eh? If you got if you got like a band together that really doesn't like something or someone, mm. it seems like you can really affect. You know their Hall of Fame chances, and maybe yeah, that's well, wrong. Maybe we need a bit of a fan vote. Uh, I think no, I mean, no the, fan vote. No, yeah, <laughs> fans are idiots. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. not a good uh, idea. If I have like, my like, in the Hall of Fame, I think you have to come up with. I saw some. I think it was a baseball writer on Twitter that I follow. His name's Jeff Passon, who's basically like the Woj of baseball. He breaks all the stories, all that sort of thing. He basically said that it has to be a collaborative effort from. The writers, obviously, but also ex-players, ex-coaches. It has to be 
a collaborative effort to determine who is a Hall of Fame or who's not. Like it can't be just one side saying yep mm. and one side saying nope or regardless. Like I've seen like Matt Barnes come in today on Twitter and he was like, oh, you know, players only should vote for it. Like, no, like no. <laughs> they shouldn't do it. That's but a it has to, idea as well. That's a shocking idea. Um, but it has to be some sort of collaborative effort. Like it has to, it can't just be the media anymore and all major sports or Hall of Fame. It has to be a, a certain group of people that are from each specific lane of the sport come together, vote on this thing, get it, get it right. Because yeah, like in any sport, like the second best or first best in your sport of all time should not miss the Hall of Fame at all. No. Yeah. I'll see. I'll see. Well, talking of Hall of Fame levels, man, what a round of NFL. Like, everyone's Fuck. been talking about it. Like, it's probably one of the most memorable divisional rounds ever in the playoffs. Mm. You have just four insanely close games and capped off with that Bills-Chiefs game. Holy shit, what? It's, it was almost the perfect game of relying American football to watch. Mm. It just had everything in it. Like... That last minute, like... 13 seconds. <laughs> the Chiefs are going to win. Oh, the Bills, oh, the Bills are going to win. And then, and then ties it up, and Mahomes are just two crucial throws down the field with 13 seconds to go. Just, man, what a round in the NFL. Where do we want to start? Well, let's start at the start. Bengals, mm. the Bengals, man, like, going from... They sort of lagged in the middle of the season there, and they were sort of the fourth team in our division for a bit. Mm. Then they come, they ended strong, and they played some good teams too, and, and now Burrow and Chase, that combo just developing over the season from the LSU days too, just just so good. So, yeah, what... And the funny thing is, they only got one touchdown in that game, and, <laughs> and it was from Jerry Mixon, who ran it in from about 30 yards out. But it was it was still just a really enticing game mm. even though it was low scoring a lot of field goals um but burrow is really efficient in that he, he got and he got, got hammered too he got sacked nine times in that game that's insane that he got hit that many times and they still won yeah and he still threw for 350 yards mm. yeah yeah just just calm under pressure. He, he he looks like he's going to be one. Of, he looks like he's going to be a quarterback in the next decade. He mm. Really does. Mm. I I watched that one quite closely because ever since the Eagles are out, I needed a team to to bottle, to um you know support and whatnot. But I think the thing that remi- like with him, he's just cool under pressure. Like yep. every t- like not getting sacked nine fucking times and you still somehow you know come out with the win like it's it's insane like the titans bottled that tremendously though like it was gonna be a bad game for them from the start like the first pass they threw it got picked off like from the first three seconds of the game it got picked off and the titans just they bottled it like i don't think derrick henry was healthy like i saw i know he scored a touchdown but he just didn't have that same burst that he did before he got injured. Um, Tannehill was fucking rubbish, you know, and I don't know how many times we have to see it before the Titans realize, like, fuck, this is not good. Like, it's it wasn't good. Like, he couldn't even get the ball 
down the field as as much because he you know AJ Brown had like 140 something yards. He could have had like 200 of Tannehill hit some of these passes that he kept fucking throwing to the other team. But yeah, man, the Bengals fucking I really like their team. They got three good receivers: Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. Got a strong running back in Mixon. Probably one of the only teams besides the Bills that could probably go with the Chiefs score to, like score for score. Like because you have mm. to score with the Chiefs, so you can't you can't just expect to hold on to a ten point lead the whole game and you know expect to win. You have to try and you know score touchdowns with them. And you know I think the Bengals can do that. But yeah, was, Titans bottled that completely. Having that deep threat in Chase, eh, that oh. efficient deep threat, like Tyreek Hill is, you know, yeah. for. And he hasn't been as much as of late, but mm. he was previous previous years with Mahomes, and I expect to see a couple of deep ones from Mahomes with uh, Tyreek Hill coming up. Mm. But yeah, if you just got a good range of good receivers, like Higgins there too, like in the in the more in the middle sort of type yeah. receiver, man, he was he was good too. Yeah, Barry, just as you say, just cool, calm, under pressure type team. Mm. Like if you said, okay, the, uh, a playoff quarterback throw, he gets has no touchdowns, gets intercepted, and gets sacked nine times, you're like, oh, they're gonna lose. That was the formula. <laughs> that was always the formula in the late '90s, early 2000s football. That when I started watching was, if you can put pressure on the quarterback consistently in a playoff game, you've pretty much got a good shot at winning the damn game. But you know, Burrow was just he just kept getting up, getting up, getting up. And, you know, like you said earlier, like probably out of all the teams in the AFC North, everyone had them pegged last. I know I did. I had Cleveland making the AFC championship, but they've just come through and his development is insane for a second year guy. Like pretty much one of the top five quarterbacks in the league now. Yeah, he has to be talked about like that. Mm. Mm. Sure. It's a bit of a waste of the one seed there for the Titans. Oh, Couldn't get it they, done. They bottled it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like even with a healthy Derek Henry, like yeah, they might have won if mm. he was fully healthy. But well, the way the, g- the way the Bills and Chiefs played, like I don't think the Titans are beating either of them. I'll give you an example from that game. This is, and I knew the game plan was fucked. So they had a drive where they were just running down the Bengals' throat. The Bengals couldn't stop them. Like Donta Foreman had like four carries for sixty-six yards in that game. Like. He just they kept running down the throat with him and Henry and they got to the goal line and then they call a fucking shotgun play on, you know, third and one or fourth and one or whatever it was, where in a shotgun you go back five yards to receive the the hike. It was like, why not just use your running backs that got you all the way down the field to <laughs> punch it in? There was just they just fucked it completely, the Titans. They could have won that game and got to the AFC, but they just they fucked it. Bad game plan. Yeah. Back to the drawing board for them. <laughs> Niners Packers, probably the least <laughs> thrilling game. Um, Most to talk right? about there. <laughs> <laughs> I know you boys aren't big Rogers fans. Um, nah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did you guys? What do you guys <laughs> see out of um, this game? Because because Jimmy G was shit. He was. I thought yeah. from. The first drive, the Packers are going to dominate. I think they scored on the first drive, or well, second drive, or something like that. They scored it pretty quickly, and then AJ did nothing. Delano, for, yeah, yeah, did nothing for the rest of the game. Rubbish. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Rogers still 
put up some numbers. It, but yeah, no touchdown throws. It's, it was it was just a strange type of game. I, I do, yeah, I thought the Packers should have just smoked it, but mm. I mean the Niners are gritty and they've shown that over the last couple of years. All the injuries they've had, you know, things have been against them, but they're just mm. one of those teams that you can never write off. Even Jimmy mm. G, even though how bad he is, he, you know, he still seems to, I don't know, just get get things done somehow. I, I don't know how. Like if you look at all the numbers in that, and just going back to the game itself, just thinking, I'm like. What do they actually do really good? They they're just frisky, you know. They just they just hang around and hang in there and just make life hard. And being I'll in those what, positions too, I'll tell you what they do good. They rush the passer with four guys. If you can consistently get pressure with four dudes without sending a blitz or you know sending anyone extra, you're an, that's a fantastic combo. Like you can just have your four guys. Go after the key and the rest can just sit in coverage and wait. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday when they played the Packers. It was like they just they, the the Packers couldn't block. No, Nick Bosa, you know, he had two sacks. Like they constantly got pressure in their face. And then like the thing of Kyle Shanahan's offenses is like they're always good running the ball, whereas the Packers they didn't even crack a hundred yards rushing. Like every time the the 49ers play, they've got a great ground game and, and the cold weather of Lambeau, good defense and a running game will get you a W. Like that's just a formula that's always worked. You know, it's funny, yeah, because like Kyle Shanahan, you always think of like dynamic offensive mind, like, yeah, you know, like big passing games. And mm. as you say, now, well, mm. yeah, the ground game's better. It's, it's, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Rogers can normally like, Sneak out of those situations, eh? Like he's, mm. he's, you know, he's hard. He's hard to take down sometimes, and mm. yeah, he got sacked five times in that game. So yep, yeah, I don't know, man. Like Devontae Adams went for ninety yards. Aaron like, Jones had a hundred. Aaron on Jones, the yeah, yeah. Um, just wanted to ask you guys: Do you think he comes back next year? I think he's gone. Rogers, just yeah, I think he's gone. Gone mentally or oh, but both. <laughs> he's, I don't think he's going to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers yeah. going forward. Well, last off season there was a big conjecture around it too. So mm. yeah, I, I think yeah, I think so. Don't Besides know what your... we end up on maybe the Broncos or something, but yeah, I was just going to ask you guys what well, like what team do you guys see him being like? What's a good fit for him? Like, um, yeah. I'd, your team don't need a quarterback. Or I don't know, maybe your quarterback. Yeah, Steelers. Pittsburgh. Yeah, you guys can have him. Yeah. <laughs> no. Maybe. I think Brady's coming back. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely. He's mm. not doing that long yet. No, I want, I want Rogers to fuck off back to North Cali with his happy girlfriend and go eat clay. Go fuck himself. Did you guys see the nickname it's... that he got given? Fro Rogan? <laughs> yeah, Fro Rogan, yeah. <laughs> I, that was probably the best part of the game. Like the game was pretty shitty to watch, but all the vitriol and the the tweets that were coming out of the chamber from everyone after they lost, so fucking good. Like everyone was getting their digs in. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I uh, I tweeted, you know, the picture Twain with the yeah, with the, the, the bloods in the crypts with the bandana. Yes, yeah, <laughs> everyone joined together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not as like I don't really care too much, honestly, about Rogers. But um, yeah, it's funny. Like, 
I think he just he's one of those guys that he doesn't make it easy. Like he makes it easy for people to give him more shit. Like he, he's, he's the diva. He's a diva. Yeah, like yeah. Just, yeah. So, even, even now, like just today or yesterday, he was complaining about, oh, you know, everyone was rooting against. They wanted us to lose. Move on, man. It's done now. Yeah. Like, oh. They rooted against you because you yeah. lied about your vaccination status yeah. and put everyone in jeopardy instead mm. of, you know, fucking just telling the truth and saying, hey, look, I'm not yeah. vaccinated. I don't so believe like, in it. You know, look at Cole Beasley. Like after the initial stuff in the preseason, no one gave a shit about him. Mm. Uh, no one really gave a shit about Kirk Cousins. I, I threw out the odd joke. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they the were only... honest about about their um, mm. about their stances and then everyone yeah. left them alone. Whereas Rogers mm. lied, and he brought it all on himself. So it's not that he's unvaxxed, it's that he lied about it and put so many people at risk. And then goes on fucking Pat McAfee and Joe Rogan and, like, acts like he's, like, this fucking, like, you know, he's, you know, this poor me bullshit that he was doing. Yeah. Especially on the McAfee shows, like, oh, no one likes me because he's a vaccinator. It's like, hey, no, it's because you're a fucking liar and a hypocrite. Because you're a liar, yeah. Yeah, that's why no yeah. one likes you. I think Rogan gets sort of slandered here with, with Rogers because, <laughs> like, he never went on with Rogan or anything. Rogan just said, yeah, he come to me to ask about it, and yeah. I just said what I did. Everyone throwing bullets at Rogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Rogan's show. catching strays. <laughs> Rogan, like, Rogan's the most, one of the most honest dudes in, like, well, he is part of media in America now, and he's one of the mm. most honest dudes out there, like, if you listen to him. Mm. And he just said what he did, like, when yeah. he got COVID and, like, now he's just getting tied in with all yeah. this Rogers shit. It's like, ah. But Rogan don't give a shit. He didn't give a fuck. Like, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's funny, eh, because, like, he's probably going to be the most sought-out asset on the market in terms of, like, teams trying to get him. But if you're a team, say, like, you look at my team, for example, right? You've got three first-round picks. You've got a young quarterback there. You're not too sure if he's the answer or not. And if you're a team like the Eagles or the Giants or the Broncos, for example, you're looking at that and what he did this year and you're like, fuck, do I really want that in my building or am I good just not even dealing with that this year? Like, I don't know. It's a, it's quite tough because, like, some of the bullshit he pulled this year was it mm. wasn't good. It's how strong is your front office? How, how strong is your culture, you know, like... Like, I think that we, like the Steelers, do. And I think we'd just say, look, if you're going to bring any of that diva sort of shit, nah, we're not we're not here for that. We're, mm. You know, our team is a strong unit. Like, you know, like Antonio Brown left, like Bell sort of had his, you know, ups and downs too. Like, well, see you later. Mm. Like, we don't fuck around with that. And, like, if you just, just straight up football, we would have taken Rogers a hundred times over rather than Big Ben this year. Big Ben was done. Oh. He was dusted. If we had mm. Rogers, shit, you know, we might be in this divisional round. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think we need to go to a strong culture. It mm. really, really does. Um, mm. If there's one that yeah. are like, I'm just trying to think of a decent team, like the Titans, for example, maybe. Like maybe if he went yeah. to them, and I don't know, I think it would New be. England. <laughs> He'd clash with yeah. uh, but you know like you said strong culture there's no one like you know the whole thing with Brady and Belichick was they were both trying to you know gain control mm. and Belichick ultimately won so if Brady can usurp 
oh, if Belichick can usurp Brady, like Rogers, you know, would have to toe the line, I would think, if he went to New England. But the reports I saw, he sort of wants to head back to California. And I just, the Rams are pretty set at quarterback. I think they're pretty happy with Stafford. Um, the 49ers, maybe. No, Chargers got Herbert. Chargers got Herbert. No, they don't need him. I think um, it's the Broncos. Maybe, maybe the Raiders in Vegas. Yeah, Raiders. Um, or the Niners. Then, He's the from Niners, San Fran, isn't yep. he? Yes, yes, he was. Um, they again, they're a team. They're looking at their quarterback situation, and they're like uh, Jimmy G. But then they took Trey Lance in the third, you know, third overall mm, pick. So, Traded up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you can't really. The only team, like you said, probably the Broncos or even the Raiders. But Derek Carr's on like a such a friendly cap contract for the mm. Raiders that you don't want to move off him. He, I think, and, they, on, like, and they love Carr. They love. Yeah, Carr. he got them to the playoffs with all the bullshit that. Happened over the season with Gruden and all that. So I don't know. There's not too I could many see places. Him, I could see him out of spite heading to the Vikes, doing a Fav, just, a to, Favre just doing move. a Fav, yeah. just to stick yeah. it to the Packers. I could totally mm. see that. It seems like something he'd do. If I was him, I'd want to go to the Broncos. Honestly, yeah. you've got all the home game advantages. You've got mm. young running backs. You got young receivers. Receiver. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's you know you've got a good defense. You just mm. do the Peyton Manning thing. That's exactly mm. why Peyton did it. To well, me, it just, yeah. There's another team, but I don't think they can get off their current quarterback at the moment. Indianapolis, maybe. The mm. Colts, if they had a decent quarterback, probably would be in the divisional as well. Like if well, at the have... very least, they would have made the fucking playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> they would have yeah, beat the Jags. Beat, beat exactly. the Jags in the last round. Yeah, yeah, ab- yeah absolutely. So maybe the Colts. Um, but then, like, I I hear his arguments like he says, oh, you know, we have. To, I think it was last offseason, but we have to build around me. You know, I'm the you know da 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 da. It's like, bro, you've got two awesome running backs, Jones and Dylan. Dylan's fucking good. I like Dylan. Mm. Um, you've probably got the best wide receiver in the game this or the last couple of years in Devontae yeah. Adams, and then you've got the best offensive line in the game and a really really good defense. It's like, what more can the front office give you? It's like, at the end of the day, bro, it comes back to you. You won your Super Bowl in 2010, and ever since then, you've done nada, done nothing. Every time you get a number one seed or a higher seed, you take it in the playoffs. Like, they haven't even been back to a Super Bowl since. He's been doing the Paul George. That's basically what it was. Like, it's just excuse after excuse. Mm, yeah. mm. Until until Paul, Paul George stopped doing that, like, they were mm. all like, no, nah, Paul George, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, he's he's good. <laughs> like, not that he was ever bad, but he just never owned his, his yeah, shit. Yeah, never owned his mistakes. Mm. I just think it's bullshit that he, every last couple of off-seasons, he's just been like, oh, you know, we've, like he cried when they took Jordan Love. He was like, oh, they should build around me. You know, I'm still here, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, bro, they have been building around you. You've got an mm. awesome defense, yeah, great offense, and it, it sometimes it falls back on you. You're They're not the ones that are failing in a NFC Championship game against the 49ers a couple of years ago when you got waxed at home, it's just like, bro, it comes back to you at some point. Yeah, it is. But all the good stuff he, he does is sort of gets ruined by, yeah, these, these really poor moments, and it mm, seems to yeah. be in the playoffs every time. Yeah. It's like he lost to Eli Manning, man. Like, <laughs> hey, Brady did too. Brady did yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. He lost to, he's lost to Jimmy G twice now. Like, come on man like you can't lose to jimmy g and eli manning two times each like fucks lost to jimmy g yet 
Yeah, both times. That's yeah, that's <laughs> that's worse. Yeah. So we have to talk about your bucks, Aiden. Um, yeah. Where did yeah. they go wrong in this game? I'm I'm fine with it. It's You're uh, fine with it. Just had just yeah. Happy to have that was sort of done. yeah. You know, we that was the first game all year where we had our full defense. Yeah. So you know, it's just it's one of those things. You know, they hadn't played together all season. Um, yeah, I, I actually thought that uh, we were going to have trouble with the Eagles the week before, so I really thought the Rams would have our number. Um, the fact that, uh, you know, Brady made it as competitive as he did is, you know, that's good enough for me. Mm. What What do you think of Godwin and even Antonio Brown? Do you, does that make the difference to win their game? I mean, he, uh, like Brady still, as you said, yeah. Brady still did what he did, like, yeah, but just having yeah. those extra couple of guys there. I think I think if it's um, Antonio Brown without the drama, yeah, it could have been he could have been a difference maker because he was he was really good for us this year. Um, and yeah, Godwin would have made a huge difference as well. Mm. But yeah, it is it is what it is really. Like you know, the the Rams were the better team. Like Stafford was a beast and the defense is normal. It's amazing. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It is what it is. Um, I, mean, I, intend, dickheads, I was upset by the uh, half Antonio score. Brown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. What was the score? Oh, you were down quite a bit. It was 20, 20 to 3. Yeah. 20 yeah, to 3 at half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got to 27 to 3, and then we came back and made a 27 all. And mm. then they kicked Maybe the last if it was 28 to 3. <laughs> I saw I, I saw people change like I think when the, the Bucks were coming back, I saw people change the, the Rams logo into a um, blue and yellow Falcons logo. <laughs> what that was funny. But um it's a problem, eh? Like I am looking at the targets for the game here when Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson are getting six targets each, you know, like those targets usually would have been for Godwin and um and Antonio Brown if he wasn't you know, doing his bullshit. So, you know, if you're targeting, you know, your fifth and sixth receivers that much, it's you're finding it hard to move the ball. Uh, I just, the Rams' pass rush was probably the reason why they won. I think Aaron Donald, Juan Miller, and Leonard Floyd got a sack each. You know, and if you can rush four guys, like I said earlier, consistently to Brady, that's always been the, that's always been the recipe. If you can just constantly get four guys onto him and, you know, make him, you know, think before he throws, that's when you can get him. And I think the Rams did a great job. Plus, it helps when Cooper Cup almost gets 200 yards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Stafford honestly hasn't been outstanding this year, but when he's connected with Cup, it's just, oh, yeah, Cup's he's, he's, He did have a run. I think it was like the first five weeks of the season where people were giving him the MVP. Yeah. And then he, yeah. he sort of really struggled for a while after that. Mm. And, um, yeah, sort of has uh, yeah, come right in the playoffs. Mm. Um. Shout out to our, you know, our boy James on Twitter. He's a big Detroit Lions fan. Fuck, I don't know how he did it or does it. Um, but he, yep. Yeah, and a Magic fan at that too. I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, I got sucker for punishment. Man. Yeah, man, that's 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 tough. And um, he was say, he, like, he's always been a big believer on Matt Stafford, and you know, I've he's all right, but I just I don't know. I always fall back if you played for the Lions, like you snake bit or you know something <laughs> and for the last like you guys said like weeks towards the back end of the season it looked like he was turning the ball over like crazy he wasn't yeah. making his throws on time and like this game he and especially in the clutch moments like he came up big to get them in the field goal range 
So he's been massive for them. So, yeah, um, we'll see how they go against the 49ers. Uh, they've had their number the last couple of weeks. Oh, a couple of years, sorry. Shanahan's always beaten McVeigh. I think this might be even a low-scoring game, eh? Mm. This Rams-Niners game. Mm. Mm. Two tough defences. Well, didn't the 49ers beat the Rams to get in? That was in the, I think it was the last week of the season. They had to beat them to get actually get in. Yeah, they did have to win to get in. I'm yeah. just trying to remember, was it? Um, I think it was the Rams. Yeah, 27-24 last, mm. last round. Yeah. Yeah, was so. Um, cup did cup break. He got the record in that game, didn't he? Yeah, no, he just missed it. Just, just missed the. Yeah, yards. I think it's like yeah. thirty something yards or something. Yeah, he went for one hundred and eighteen yards. Mm. <laughs> nuts. That's a quiet. Day. That's a quiet day for. By the way, one hundred and eighteen. Yeah, does this big time <laughs> defense for the Rams pay off here in this game? Just really pressure Jimmy G. Just like, ah. I can't see how they're going to get points mm. for Niners. Like, where's... Well, the run defense of the Rams is really bad. So, in the playoffs, traditionally, your running game and your defense, you know, which are things that the 49ers have leaned on these last two games against the Cowboys and the Packers, if they can get that run game going like they did in the, early, the Week 18 matchup against the Rams, like, I think if they can control the ball and keep the ball out of the offense's hands, I think they can. I actually think they'll they're gonna win. I think they'll beat the Rams. You think so? Yeah, I think mm. they're just gonna. I think they're gonna pack the middle and dare Jimmy G to throw it. Mm. Well, that's the thing, you know. Jimmy G's a lot like Eli in the sense that, you know, one game he'll be fucking shocking, and then another game he's thrown for four hundred yards and three touchdowns. It's like, <laughs> you, it, you, you know, get? yeah. What are you gonna get? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Debo's like. He's like the ultimate Swiss Army knife. You can line him up in the backfield mm-hmm. or yeah. outside. You know, you don't know where he's going to be. It's true. It's true. Yeah, now it's been an interesting game. Interesting mm. game. Um, Bulls, Chiefs. Fuck. Jeez. Where do you want to start? Do we want to start at the end and work away? Right. <laughs> like, I'll... Yeah, you go, he's... Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, it's nothing to do with the game per se, but, like, just watching two young beast quarterbacks go you know touchdown for touchdown was like it's it's gonna be like this for the next 10 years i think these two are gonna be the next brady and manning like it's just gonna be one of these two every year they're gonna face each other every year and then fuck it's just one it seems like at the moment Mahomes has got this edge over him but like both of them eh, it's like the, the dual threat of both. Like, it wasn't just the arm, it was mm. the legs, too. They were both yeah. they were both rushing the ball like fucking mm. insane, and it just goes to show how much the quarterback position has grown from when I first started watching to where it is now, whereas in the 90s, 2000s, if you were a scrambling quarterback, it was considered a sin. Like, you weren't... It wasn't mm. a thing that quarterbacks did, but now if you can't do both, right, you're fucked. Like, you can't be just a pure pocket passer. You have to be able to move. It was sort of Vic A that sort of brought it back into fashion. Mm, Dante Culpepper, yeah, Donovan McNair. Yeah, maybe before, like, um, uh, Randall Cunningham. Yeah, Steve Young, um, he was one of but, the ones that... But Mike Vick is the one that really popularised it. Mm, but then yeah. also, he also led a whole bunch of shit quarterbacks who could run <laughs> get big pays uh guys like uh aaron brooks uh, aaron, uh vince young 
Yeah, Vince, yeah, Vince Young, Young Chelsea, yeah. Uh, Robert Griffin. Robert Griffin. Uh, uh, like, yeah, injuries fucked him, but yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, it's definitely it's changed, eh, from, mm. from twenty years ago. Yeah. Well, both of them were the leading rushers on for their teams that game. Like, they both were the mm. you know, had three hundred yards passing each, and they both led their teams in rushing yards. It's like, fuck, if it's insane the, how good these two are. Like, Allen's passing game, man, is just it's just like from two years ago. Mm. When like he couldn't bloody connect on anything to what it is now. The transformation that he has in his passing game, like his running mm. game was always there, and that was that was sort of you know taken for given. And now, yeah, now just he's at he's actually become a quarterback with the passing. Mm. Man, it's just it's so accurate now. Like yeah. that that mm. last throw to um, Gabriel. Davis, man. Just, yeah, through two defenders oh, in between two defenders. It was perfect. It was like partying the red On the scene, money. Man. It was like, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. Josh Allen is what I thought Carson Wentz was going to be. Like, <laughs> like when that year they made the Super Bowl and he, like when he was the MVP front runner, I thought, this is it. I'm, I've finally got a good quarterback that, you know, it's going to be the next 15 years. I'm going to be, you know, so happy. Oh, no. And this, yeah, <laughs> well, obviously it didn't work out that way. But that's what I thought. I honestly thought that what Carson Wentz was going to be was Josh Allen, what it, what he's done now. And it's insane. But, like, I feel for Bills fans, eh? Like, they've got it so rough. Like, made four Super Bowls in the 90s, didn't win anything. Um, in 99, they lost on fucking bullshit kick return against the Titans. And these last two years, like, it would be crushing to lose a game like that if you're a Bills fan. Like, fuck, it would be so crushing. I was almost having a heart attack, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was genuinely upset uh, when the Chiefs won. Not yes. because I dislike the Chiefs, although, I, I you know, yeah, there's, I know where this is going. <laughs> I, there's a certain brother I dislike. But more, I was heartbroken for Josh Allen, who yeah. literally Played his just self. put everything on the line. Mm. Um and yeah, uh, it, I think it's hard. Like, I think the toying cost is a stupid way to start an overtime, yeah. um, especially if the first team that scores wins. I mean, yes. you know, scores a touchdown wins. Mm. Uh, but I don't know a better way. Well, but I do think they need to tweak the overtime rules. Someone has to start. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think the coin toss eliminated the Bills, but no. I think it showed that there is flaws with the overtime rules and they need to have a look at them. I think eventually they're going to go to the college rule, whereas in overtime, it's... So if a team scores a touchdown, the other mm. team will get the ball. And if that team can't score a touchdown, yeah. that's it. Yeah, but that's what yeah. happens well, that's, in college. That's what they have with field goals at the moment. Yeah. They just Which, haven't done it with touchdowns. If, if yeah. you t- score a touchdown, that's it, game over. Yeah. I whereas think I, that's... I think I think mm. the other team deserves a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Deserves That's, one um, drive. I, I think so, too, because like you said, like if Josh Allen gets the ball back there, like the way that the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs defense is, there's a good chance he would probably score again. And mm. it was 42-36, so, you know, 43-42, if he scores again, maybe they win. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know, yeah, the, the overtime rules do need a, definitely need a tweak because it, it does seem unfair for a team to go out that way without touching the ball. Mm. I mean, maybe they just give it time. Like maybe they just go five minutes on the on the board and yeah, whoever scores as many points. 
And then mm. if after that five minute quarter no one scores, then it's next score wins mm. or yeah. something, something like that. I don't know, mm. but yeah. there, there needs a tweak. I don't, it I don't seems think harsh, eh? It seems harsh. Saying, yeah, it, it seems harsh, so harsh. But, but I like Josh Allen was asked about it, and he said, you know, he said it is what it is. Like if it was the other way round, we would be celebrating as well. So, you know, I can't, I can't be mad at it. So. Mm. I, I, like I, love, his, I, love, I like his attitude. Yeah, I love his mind. It's, mm. Yeah, when I read that too, I was just like, yeah, this dude's legit. He's, he gets it. He's, eh? It's cool yeah. to see um, after the game too, Mahomes like go look for yeah. him. Like, yeah, just straight away. And, straight away, yeah. just to go like, and say, man, massive game, yeah. big ups to you. You know, yeah. good shit. What did, you know, see what did he say? Deal. Like, we're going to be doing this for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, Which they, they are. They yeah. are. It's going to yeah. be Brady Manning 2.0. Like, these mm. teams are always just going to meet. But, like, I think an underrated story from this game, and I think it would have been a bigger story if the Bills won, is fucking Gabriel Davis had eight yeah. for 201 and four touchdowns. Like, bro, yeah. that is such an it's insane line. Record, record. Eh? Yeah. 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 It's an insane line. Like, like he, yeah. I'm looking at the numbers here. Stefan Diggs only had three catches for seven yards, and yeah. the Chiefs did the bills to go somewhere else and go like, he else. made them and, yeah, yeah he made Gabriel them pay was like, okay yeah i'll take all these targets thank you very much um whose but, ankles did he break to and and one route down there <laughs> i'm thinking man just oh, total yeah bam boozled him there i think it was ward yes it was ward it was yeah yeah it's just like just oh, put man. him on his ass <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> like awesome. that last drive like 13 seconds to go. I'm like thinking, fuck, you know, the Bills are going to do this finally. And like, I watched the all 20 um, today with the game, and apparently that last play to Kelsey was a fuck it, just throw it to where I am play. It wasn't yep. a design play. Kelsey called it. Was, it. Yeah, Kelsey said, said he look said, for me. Hey, the, he said, they're, um, you know, chance are the way they're playing, the middle's going to be wide open. And mm. then right before the snap, Mahomes, you can hear him yelling. Do it, Kelsey. Do it. Do it, yeah. So and it was then, audible. Yeah. Which comes back to another point I wanted to make is there's a defense that teams play when they've got the lead called the prevent defense. I fucking hate that defense. It's mm. just two guys that rush the passer and everyone else drops back. There's no yeah. pressure. It's too predictable, way. It's too predictable. You should be mm. you should rush four or five. Make Mahomes make a play. Like pressure him into making a play. Don't I just think- sit there. And let them happen. On that play, they did rush four because Romo mm. was saying how they should only rush three because it was only 13 seconds. Mm. So they did rush four, and that's what left Kelsey open. Called them. Yeah. 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 And uh, Romo also said, so they also messed up on the kickoff after they scored. Romo mm. said, if you do a long, hard kick, the clock starts as soon as that ball touches the touches ground. Touches the ground. Yeah, well, the commentators were talking about that too. Yeah, yeah. With that, I think it was a bit of a fair thing because they, the Chiefs put Tyreek at the back. And I think mm. they didn't want Tyreek catching the ball on the full with open space. Yeah. I think that yeah. was part of the reasoning why. Yeah, I think you just have to trust your special teams in that and do it along the ground, man. Mm. If you can take yeah. off seconds from Mahomes, like one heave, yeah, or you know one, you know, decent Tyreek. It's Tyreek. It is Tyreek. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> his touchdown was fucking insane too. <laughs> did you did, did you also see? <laughs> Did you also see Kelsey told him where to run? I didn't see I that. Didn't, I didn't see that. No. So Kelsey said to him, called was him over on the sideline. Yeah, right. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. So he said, like, this is what the defense is doing. 
you should come in the middle and then I'll yeah. cover for you and then you'll have space and you score mm-hmm. a touchdown. So Kelsey like responsible for the two biggest plays in the game, basically. Just shows but, how valuable a good tight end is eh, that can that can block and reach today. Yeah. Mm. Do you remember like I think it was even the start of this season, people didn't think Kelsey was the best tight end in football. Oh, it was yeah. like, people thought he was almost he was a bit far. done. Nah. Yeah. He's by like, far the best. I don't think it's even close. Kittle's who would be second? Probably Kittle. Kittle, Kittle, Kittle dropped second. off a bit. Who's that? Uh, well, I would have Kittle second to, for me because I, yeah. I think his importance in the blocking game, like he's so mm. dominant as a blocker as well. Like that is definitely why the 49ers run game is so good is because he's really, really good at blocking. And then yeah. from those Waller. two down, yeah, Waller. Mark Andrews had a really good year. He's climbed back mm. up a bit. Um yeah, it's, but, it, but it drops off a cut. lot after Kelsey, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. So. It does. And it, yeah, it's crazy that there were people who didn't think he was the best tight end. Like it's insane to me. I think it was that middle part of the year where the Chiefs were like fucking, yeah, you know, they were just struggling. beating. Yeah, they were struggling, lo- almost losing to the fucking um, Washington team, and or that I think a lot of mm-hmm. people started to be like, oh, maybe Kelsey's past it or whatever. But now nah, he's been massive for the Chiefs this game. Yeah. So looking forward now to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Do the Bengals have a reasonable shot here against the Chiefs? Like Ooh, where where yeah. where can they where can they really I mean obviously the Chiefs offense is gonna be mm. insanely good as normal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we what do what they try to do? Like it's a young Bengals team too. What do they try to do? What's the sort of game plan? I think you just I think you've got to do what the Bills did too. You've just got to go touchdown yeah. with touchdown with them. Um because yeah. they played each other a couple of weeks ago and Bengals, it was a really Bengals close game. won the, the last yeah. matchup. Yeah, they beat them. Um 30, 34, Jamar, 31. If Gabriel Davis is gonna have that kind of day, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are licking yeah. their lips. They're yeah, gonna you, be like you could actually say the Bengals have more weapons than the Bills. Yeah, Joe Mixon. It's quite um, crazy eh, when you see that. You got to sort of say it twice. It's like <laughs> the Bengals. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think the Bengals are the favourites or anything, but I do yeah. think they have a shot for sure. Yeah. They're not. They're not out of it. Probably the of the remaining teams besides the Bills, they probably had the probably best chance to you know give the Chiefs a bit of a go because of their offensive power. And Joe Burrow, like, can the Titans' defense was much better than the Kansas defense. So he's going to have yeah. a little bit more time to get his throws off and mm. do what he needs to do because the Chiefs defense is, especially in their back, uh, the back end, nearly, nearly last, isn't it? Yeah, yeah well, rubbish. Jamar, that game when the Bengals did beat them, Jamar Chase had 266 yards, went off <laughs> that massive game, three yeah. touchdowns. So yeah, it's just not huge. out of, it's not out of, it's inconceivable with that, there's a scenario where the the Bengals win, but I don't know. I just think it comes down to can the Bengals stop the Chiefs enough? Which yeah. again, the, they're going to the, have to stop them. You know, at, at some point in the game, like mm. you, you, can, you can throw as many touchdowns as you want, but there is going to be a point if you want to win, you're going to have to stop them. They're going to need a big game from their pass rush. Um, they've got two guys there. One is Trey Hendrickson, who was a uh, he was on the Saints last year, and he had 12 sacks this year as well. So they need a big game from him. And the other defensive end, Sam Hubbard as well, just to constantly get pressure 
on Mahomes, make him make decisions and you make quicken up his processing time. So they need a big game to defense. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a shootout this one. Yeah, they the Bengals played them really well. Like mm. um, their pass coverage was really good. Just looking mm. back here, and um, mm. everyone they held all the main guys to pretty low, you know, low yardage. Kelsey only mm. twenty five yards. Hill. 40, like uh, McCall Hardman had the most. It was just the one fifty-three yard run. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, the Bing, um, the Chiefs got all the, a lot of the yards on the ground, one hundred fifty-five. Yeah. So it's ball control. Yeah, yeah, it has to be ball control. Like, I think they lean a lot on Mixon as well. Like, Mixon has to have like a fucking dominant day. Keep the ball out of the Chiefs' hands. Try and you know slow it right down and you know Limit just control the. Yeah. Yep control the clock and you know they're pretty you know get enough points on the board that you know make Kansas chase yeah man who would have thought the Bengals in the conference finals it's cool not me not me but also like I've just become a big Joe Burrow fan because he's, so he's, he's our last hope yes to, so that we don't see another fucking cringy TikTok from Pat <laughs> Mahomes brother oh can we just talk about just I don't I don't want to spend too much time, but the brother and the wife have got yeah. to be the two most cringiest, ridiculous people on on socials at the moment. Like there was a part I don't know I'm sure you saw the video Aiden I posted up yesterday. They're spraying champagne on fans, spraying champagne on people. Yeah, like how obnoxious can you but be? Like, not yeah, not like willing participants. Yeah, just people there you know, with their kids. Yeah. Like it's not like, like uh, yeah, get us. They, they weren't even looking, and there's yeah, there's like kids and shit there. Yeah, it's just, it, that's and that's what it is. It's a privilege mm. thing, like mm. what uh, the brother did on uh, the Sean Taylor memorial thing. Yeah, and just, then the whole thing with the with the restaurant threatening to shut it down and shit like that. But yeah, nah, I can't, I can't fucking stand him, eh? I I think a lot of the hateful chiefs comes from the fact that everyone hates. T- Yes. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Is the Chiefs always sort of that likable team? You know, no one really like hated them. They, Mm. you know, they were second. No one unlikable. I was going to say, oh, Tyreek Hill exists. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. I was sort of thinking before the Mahomes era, like oh yeah, oh okay, and stuff like they were always that sort of. Oh yeah, I like the Chiefs. You know, they're yeah. You know, see someone's second team. You know, they yeah, Trent Green. Three times. Mm. Yeah, they just had likable sort of type guys. You know, yeah, there's Tony Gonzalez. Never, yeah. Didn't make yeah, the playoffs yeah, course, that yeah. much. You know, sort of that lovable team, but now Mahomes is yeah, taken into four straight. It's very Steph Curry ish, the the yeah, amount of yes, people yes. where it went from people love him to everyone like sign kinda of like, ah fuck this guy. You know, sort of thing. You yeah. know, he's too good, you know, sort of thing. But it Great doesn't help. Person, yeah. yeah. It doesn't help when fucking fuckhead brother is like making TikToks and fuckhead wife is spraying champagne on children. Like it's just it just creates this thing. I'm like Pat must think at times they're like, come on, man, just give me a week, just please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need this shit. Just please, I don't want to be of your nonsense. Well, yeah, Steph's got a relatively famous wife and well, famous brother too because he plays in the NBA. And uh, mm. here's the difference. <laughs> like, yeah. His younger brother like plays in the NBA, pretty quiet sort of dude, and just gets on with it. And, yeah. and his wife is, you know, pretty likable. Well, right? well, to she, be fair, she had her moments. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to remember, say, remember the, the tweet, uh, 
yeah, sorry. I, I can't be quiet. I just seen it live. Yeah, it still gets mocked to this day. Yeah. Talking about how she was saying it was all rigged. Yeah, that's Much right. Likeable. She's but that's it. That's her one her one thing. Mm. Everyone's got something. Everyone's yeah. got something. But this this woman and the brother, like, they just I look at them, they just they've got no like sense like they've got no idea. Like they just got no mm. sense of the moments or nothing. They just and so, in their yeah. own little TikTok world. Yeah, yeah, they just the Sean Taylor thing was just despicable. Like it yeah, shouldn't have been. Yeah. And just didn't even get an apology or like a sort of like a two line apology on Twitter about it. That was it. But that wouldn't have been written by him. Nah, would have been a Kansas City uh, chief publicist. Yeah, the world would be yeah. a better place without talk. I'm telling no. you. No. Oh fuck, man. No, it, it, fucking it, social media in general, man. In general, yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, 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 I enjoy I enjoy the trolling on Twitter, but I'd be perfectly fine if it disappeared and never came back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not definitely not a big user compared to what I used to be, that's for sure. Um, yeah, some cool games coming up. NFL. Yeah. So then Super Bowl after that. So yeah, looking forward to it. Um, The Witcher season two. We all smashed it out pretty fast. Um Fine. I'm normally I did in one day. <laughs> you were. Well, I did it in <laughs> one two, week. Two days. Two days for me. I did it in a week, <laughs> which is fucking extremely fast if you're in mm. anyone knows my yeah. <laughs> um, I rewatched The Sopranos. Took three years. Um, oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Enjoyed it. I, I soak it in. Old school, you know. Wait, wait for the Monday at nine thirty once a week. You know, you know how it goes. Old, old school. But no, um, the missus. It was the holidays. The missus was home. Oh, fuck it. Let's watch that. So we, I might have watched two in one night, which mm-hmm. is a, which is good for me. And we smashed it out on a week. So to do that for me, I must say it's pretty good. Um, I'm going to start there. Now, Aiden, I know you told me, I'd watched it before you did, and you, you were like, what did you sort of think without getting into it much? And I was like, no, nah, it went really fast. And you're like, okay. Because you said it had a few mixed reviews. It's quite, quite interesting. So, I mean, I'm not... As big on the Witcher lore as you two guys, obviously playing the game too really helps. Mm. I think the TV, the watching experience of the TV series. Um, mm. So yeah, Aiden, I'll go to you first. Just one of the mixed reviews, just to sort of as a little intro into the season two here. Like, what did you seen before you watched it? Um, I saw just uh, there was a lot of criticism about some of the decisions regarding characters who are pretty big uh minor characters in the in the book and in in the games uh and also some characters who are just added in and sort of seem as like an afterthought who are pretty big deals in the in, uh in the book and games so it's, yeah just questions around that but i think the majority like the way the story is told in season two better than season one mm. Yeah, I agree with that. See, I don't yeah. know the characters, so for me, this is all a brand new experience of learning about them. So, yeah. for so for me, obviously, it doesn't really matter. It's sort of like um, Game of Thrones for me. I'd read all the books before I watched the watch the TV series, so I, yeah. I can understand that way of thinking. But it is hard to get, you know, to really fill out a character, and, and you've only got eight episodes to a season. And in a book and in a game, you can really just 
you know, fill out all those in-depth, you know, personality traits and stories and, you know, things like that, where it's very hard to do in a, in a limited amount of time. So I get mm. that point, but I think that it's like any sort of book game crossover, you know, you're going to lose a bit going to a TV series. So, mm. But it's, I think it's more, they give certain people more time okay, and certain people less. So, for example, um, Fringilla. Yeah, like I, was I, I didn't really, I didn't really give a shit about her. Um, mm. And you could have given more time to Triss, who is a huge part of the games and mm. the books. Um, or like as a as a villain, uh, I actually didn't even realize it was him until like halfway through. But uh, uh, Sigmund Dykstra, yep, yep, is a is a massive villain in the in the in the books and the games, and he's like almost a throwaway character in this. Um, yeah, he didn't really then, come on until the end there, but yeah, yeah, I didn't realize it was him until after the fact. And then yeah, there's the the Yen's mentor. I forget her name. Like she's got quite a big thing in it, and I don't really care much about her either, to be honest. Uh, I uh, maybe this one's my bias, but I'd love to see more of um, uh, Yaskier. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I love him. He's only in okay. like like one or two episodes in each season it's crazy he might have been mm. in three episodes in season two he's but. the most charismatic of one there oh absolutely 100 percent. like when he popped up i think it was episode four and five when he's doing his shit with yennefer like yeah. it was really like just in, he was really engaging like i was enjoying watching like his back and forth with yennefer like and it stayed yeah. true to the the books and the and the game in that sense where their relationship is probably best described as icy at best um yeah and th- that's exactly how it was portrayed on the series too so i really enjoyed his scenes as well he's sort of the really the only i mean Gerald does have some comedy like that very dry mm-hmm. that dry comedy but yes he is sort of the only there's, there's touches and i suppose i'm just comparing back to game of thrones where you get that really um you know, that real sarcastic comedy from a lot of the characters compared mm. to this one where there's a lot of sort of staying in a particular mood, I think, or a mm. certain demeanour for each character. Um, we see Yasuke is sort of the only one that's real flamboyant and yeah. and comedic. So I, I will yeah. go as far. I would say the Yasuke and Geralt, I think they nail it. From from the games, to, absolutely hundred percent. Yeah, I 100%. I was very concerned when they first announced Henry Cavill was playing Geralt because uh, mm. I wasn't huge on his portrayal of Superman. Mm. Um, and then I watched the first episode of season one and I was like, oh yeah, no, he gets it. Like he gets. It. And you apparently can tell the, on set, on set he, um, oh what was that, bro? You go. Oh, I was just gonna say that you can tell like you know how he there's the talk or like oh he played the game he read the books da 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 yeah. Yeah, the yeah. way he portrays it, you could tell like he actually yeah. did it. Like it's he not actually, just fucking. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. There was a story came out when when the UK went into lockdown. Um, he played the Witcher on um, insane mode. <laughs> he he beat it on insane difficulty. Mm. Like oh, was it Def March? Yeah, 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 he, yeah. Um, but also uh, a couple of the other actors were saying that they'll be shooting a scene and and Henry will say. Why don't we quote uh, this part from this chapter in this story? Like he he can quote all the books and mm. yeah, it's it's insane. You can tell he's put in a lot of work to to nail 
as part, and he he really does. Mm. Oh, so so comparing to the to the books in the game, Twain, like mm. did they really respect those things? They sort of like what's your sort of score here? Like did they, you know, how Game of Thrones sort of straight off the path at the end there. Mm. Really disappointed a few people. It's the sort of thing true. That's, um, that's an understatement. That's the <laughs> biggest understatement. <laughs> disappointed a few. Fuck those two Davids. Um, yes, there's certain little things that I like. It like little minor things like um, Eskel dying. Um, yeah. In the book, you don't really know what happens to him and in the game because i think we need to um i I think we have to uh, establish that the book and the game are not also exclusive like the witcher the witcher 3 is not like is not a part of the book like it is but it's its own separate story if that makes sense um where eskul and the witcher the game he he's one of the you know one of gerald's boys you know one of the witches that came more um, but only thing that I can probably think of is they're probably just how in the beginning how Nilfgaardians treating the elves in the books it's not necessarily that bad like it makes it it sound it makes it sound like that the Nilfgaardians are almost as bad as the as the Norfar to the elves where and if you read the book it's it's not as bad if that makes sense. Like they treat the owls with respect and they give, you know, give them space and la di da da But in the North, the North guys just hate the elves, which is, you know, that was pretty true to the books and whatnot. But Nilfgaard, you know, treating them like shit, I just found was a little bit, you know, a bit on the nose. But other than that, nah, everything was pretty good. Like his, the way he did his spells, like Igni and yeah. Axie and all that shit, that was, it was really well done. Uh, the sword, his, the way that Geralt held the swords as well, that's exactly how he did in the games and everything like that. Um, the, even the armor, like his actual armor was the armor they used from Witcher 3, the the warrior jacket that he wears. So like, no, nah, I've got no issues in terms of that, just that little piece on, on yeah. Nilfgaard. And, yeah. So there's nothing but, too crazy like it was actually dwarves that, um, you know, the Nilfgaard come and like became allies with. Like, yeah. It wasn't a major change to, to nah. the book. It was just sort nothing. of a little... It's, been pretty consistent and i'm pretty sure aiden will agree is it's been pretty consistent in terms of like it's it's portrayal from the story to the book yeah there's certain little things here and there but it's pretty much been on brand throughout the the whole way through um like if you've read the books and you saw the the you know the ending of season two you pretty much knew who that was going to be and you understood the the guy with the fire eye or the fire and the fucked up eye you understand who he's talking to if you've read the books as well. Um, so going forward, if they keep that storyline, like I think it's it's playing out how the books and the game has played out. Um, so storylines and stuff, Aiden. Like, what what did you enjoy out of the season? Like, to me, to me, like the developing the relationship between Geralt and Ciri was mm. probably the best. Yeah. Which is that's the biggest part of. Like as Twain was saying, not all the things are connected, but that is the main thing that all like the the books, the the games, and now the show have in common is that relationship between Siri and Geralt. Like that's the most important thing, 
and you have to get that right. And I think I think the show nails that. Yeah. Um, I really like the actor that plays Siri. She plays it really, really well. Yeah, like she she's really good. So yeah. she'll be an upcoming actress to keep an eye on too. Mm. Making her name in this one. Yeah. Freya sure. Allen's um, name. Yeah. Um I think Yeah, I, I just uh I, I liked that I do have one I had two complaints. Oh, I have a couple of complaints about season two, but they they are minor. So one I talked about the introducing Sigmund Dystra as a like a throwaway character. Um what they did with their school. I didn't I didn't like that. Mm. Um uh the having too much of um oh fuck, I've already forgotten her name, that mage. Oh Fringilla. Fringilla, yeah. Her, the yeah. story with her and the and the elf, I like I didn't care for it. Mm. Like at all. That was my least favorite part of the season was was the scenes with, with those two. Mm. I didn't like I get why it was necessary, but like you know, Triss was barely in season two. Yeah. Like she was she was hardly in it. She nearly dies at the start and then you know she tries to bang Geralt and that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she's it, she sees the shit with um Siri and the Wild Hunt and that's pretty much her yeah her deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. could they have like the how could they have developed her story better staying true to the to the books, like if she was more um, important there, like. Well, the thing is, the relationship in the books starts with Geralt and Triss is because Geralt loses his memory. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe there's some future mm, plans. It seems like it's going down that path. It's yeah. From what um, yeah. I'm, and I'm just putting puzzle pieces together from what I've read and what played on the games and stuff, and it seems like they are going down that path as well. So hopefully they do. But yeah, you're right though. Like the Triss needs to be introduced hopefully in the next couple of seasons as a major character because that's what she yeah. is. Because if they are building to that, no one's going to care about her. Mm. Like you, you've you've still got to build her up. Yes. Um, but the, the thing I had uh, a bit of an issue with and I don't, I haven't read, I've only read like uh, maybe one of the books and then some of the short stories. So it, it might be in there, but um, killing off Roach. Yes. Like, I, it's, a, it's a horse, but it, what was the fucking point? Mm. Like, you know, like it's it's like uh, Red Dead. Um, yeah. You know, you get a, you get a connection to the to the horses, and it's the same thing with Roach. Like, if you play the games, like you know, you love Roach. Yeah. And it's they, you know, if they killed it to have this big emotional impact, then you know, cool. But they didn't. It's killed mm. off screen. Well, not killed off screen, but it hit off screen. And then he's there with the claw marks down him. And then Geralt puts him out of his misery. And then they forget about the fucking horse. It's yeah. done. He gets a new horse. Like, mm. what the what was the point? But it, it didn't serve a purpose. And it was weird. And I don't get it. And I don't like it. Mm. So in the books, I've, and I've, my memory's a bit hazy, but he's had a couple of horses that he's named Roach. So it's not yeah. just the one or yeah. I think he's had a multiple ones. But yeah, you're right. Like they Roach is like especially if you've played the game, he's a like even though he's a fucking horse, like it's very memorable mm. character and the yeah. way that he died, it should have been a bigger moment. Yeah, I'm hundred yeah, yeah. percent with you. Yeah. Like yeah, it's not that they killed Roach, it's that it was like an afterthought. Mm. It's like well, this is gonna lead into our podcast next week. You guys know X Men The Last Stand, the third one? Yes. 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 
How do they kill off <laughs> Cyclops? Fucking rubbish. Yeah, they kill, yeah. They kill Cyclops and then they just move on like nothing happened. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. That oh. really irked me, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. I have one, two, where it's, and it's probably minor. Um, and I probably, I might be a bit wrong, but I didn't like the guy's portrayal of Vesemir. Yeah, um, I it just like if you've read the books and you've read or played the game again, Vesemir, even though he's older, he's still a very capable warrior. Like he's very capable at what he does. Mm-hmm. But in the, the series, it makes him look like he's almost retired. And the look like, like I know they tra- it. he's past it. Yeah. I, and I just didn't appreciate that. We're like. Vesemir is always going with Geralt on adventures or helping him with his hunts or whatever in the books, but in this portrayal, it just seemed like it was like he's done, and it just sucks because like on the other Netflix show that they did for The Witcher, which was the animated one of the Vesemir, which was focused on him. Vesemir was fucking cool in that animated series, like on that show, but they just made this Vesemir just like he was, yeah, he was just past his use by that, and I I didn't mm. like that Vesemir is a very important character as well. It's pretty similar to the thing you had, Aiden, where it's, yeah. they're just, un, you know, undervaluing them. But yeah, um, probably another thing too was the, the introduce or and the, the introduction of right. Rince, Rince, I think his name yeah. is the fire yeah. mage. Um, they, if you hadn't read the books or, you know, if you're just new to the series, like Carla's, you're like, what, what the fuck? Who is this guy? Like you, mm. you don't know who he is. There's no introduction. He's just some dude sitting in a jail cell that gets bailed free and he's told to go and look for Yennefer. Like there's no introduction of him and he's supposed to be like I guess he's supposed to be the big, you know, antagonist of season two. And it just didn't feel like they introduced him quite well. And yeah. The bullshit and um, I didn't need Estrid and Geralt's little, you know, thing or oh, I'm Yennefer's boyfriend. Oh no, I love her too. I no, I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just yeah i was i was like fuck that fuck that noise like i hated that shit but yeah those are the only three things i had issues with yeah i mean overall it was really enjoyable like mm, oh it's, totally 100 yeah 100 yeah like that the end fight when siri's um losing it mm. man that's cool and then summoning those oh, i don't know what they were like basilisks or something yeah, that's basilisks, exactly yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're mm. basilisks. Yeah, that was that was cool. That was really cool. But you're going back to Vesemir too. Maybe mm. they were trying to make it like Geralt's the main Witcher now. I don't know because I don't know the lore exactly. But um, well, that's, I think they're trying to portray Geralt as like being, you know, he's mm. the best. He's the he most is. well known. Mm. But Vesemir, he's the oldest living Witcher. But yeah, like like Twain said, they they're putting portraying him as almost feeble whereas yeah. in the games he can still hold his own but he's just been around for too long yeah and it just like it sucks because it discredits that awesome animated film they did about Vesemir before this new season released and in that show the who you know whoever the writers are in that show made Vesemir look fucking awesome and then just on this one they just was like yeah you look past as used by that and I just mm. I just didn't like it he folded a bit too easy for me too. Yeah, like when he fought the when he fought mm. the basilisk in the last episode, it was like, oh yeah, you got Geralt, Vesemir, Lambert. Like they should be all right, bro. Lambert got folded, Vesemir got folded. Like, <laughs> fuck, what the hell? These are witches. These are useless witches. Till Geralt, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we um, had it. 
I did you like the of... Wild Hunt introduction, Aiden? I liked the way they looked when they introduced them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really liked the way they looked. Yeah. It was good. They looked really good. Um, I was just going to go back to Vesemir. I think part of the reason, I think I was always going to dislike him because there was a big petition after season one to cast Mark Hamill as Vesemir. Yes, I remember and I like, this. Yeah, and I was like, oh, man, I, I, need, a, I need to see that. And then there was also, um, after Mark Hamill himself said, oh, no, nah, I'm good, um, Mads Mikkelsen was the other one. Yes. Because his actual brother is uh, Strigobor. Yeah. His real yeah, life yeah. brother is uh, Strigobor. So it's like, yeah, they're like, yeah, let's get Mads in there. And then that didn't happen either. And uh, Mads wouldn't have turned it down because he, have you seen some of the movies he's done? He'll do mm. anything if he gets paid. Anything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah, they just decided to go with this guy who, meh, I'm not not a fan. Um, mm. I think he's pretty big in, in Scandinavia. But, I Danish. Mean, so Mads Mikkelsen, yeah. Yeah. Mads Mikkelsen's Danish too, and he's actually better. Mm. So, yeah. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like how they – maybe the actor was fine and it was how they wrote him that I didn't like, but mm. I was just – yeah, I was, I was soured when I saw him and I was like, ah. Man, That's they could have got someone really cool. Yeah. They just nah. got some guy. He didn't I, have too much screen time, really, did he? Nah. Nah, and that sucks. That was the, I was just going to bring that up, was the fact that they, he only... Like, yeah, he was in scenes, but it just didn't feel like any of his stuff was memorable. Like, it was just he was there to fill, you know, certain spaces of an episode and whatnot. Yeah, it was interesting, yeah, because as you say, like, there was no main sort of enemy throughout the mm. season no, but it didn't they really take it away yeah like, which that whatever her name is in the house like mm. probably is the most uh, Volf, one, Volf right? Mere. Volf yeah, Mere. Yeah. trying to take out Siri like that's the um sort of main thing but then they're sort of trying to they didn't really develop the other ones which look like they're gonna make their you know make their moves in season three and now you got the the emperor dude of um Nilfgaard yeah yeah, Amir. shows yeah, himself yeah. at the end. We're like, oh, there's a little, little twist. Which, and, uh, which the when they revealed that, and the when I saw the actor who's going to be playing Emir, I fucking lost it because he looked exactly like Emir, like a young mm. Emir. Like yeah. you got the dark black hair, the slightly tanned skin, but had this really menacing look about him. I was like, yo, I'm in, I'm into this. Like, I was like, yep, yeah, this guy looks like he can be an Emir because in the books and the games and aiden will back me up here emir is like this overarching fucking figure of everything he's just like even though his he might not be a bad the main bad guy in a certain book Mm. or a certain game but his shadow is constantly over what everything's happening in the witcher universe yeah he he works with Geralt uh, in a couple of different things Mm. um but also he's always got ulterior motives yes so he's not like completely evil well maybe he is completely evil but he he will he's not like a typical enemy mm. like he will work with people to get what he wants done yeah which ultimately is his daughter so mm. yeah yeah he'll, he'll be prominent i think in season three for sure yeah 100%. 100%. i'm a little a little niggle for me well i might as well get one in it's, man, they just get around the fucking continent pretty easy all the time. Just, just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Like, how did you hear the fast travel, man? Like, yeah, they, got, these... they got teleporters, man. <laughs> yeah, they just go like... to the map and just press X and they're fast yeah, traveling. Yeah, that's weird, like, <laughs> and, and because all of these places which they, but like, I looked at the map. I'm a real nerd for that sort of shit. Yeah. And like, yeah. 
fuck, that place is way the fuck there. And then they always go back to the, the Witcher hideout, which is right yeah. up in the Fucking northeast. I'm like, yeah. they just get there like no trouble. And it's like, Jesus, it's like, what a, like in Game of Thrones, it would have taken them like a year to like march over fucking hills and swamp and shit yeah. to get there but all right. uh, i remember i know the teleporter things uh, there was uh, a season the season five of game of thrones there was yes. some yes. some things about the how long it took people to get places yeah um fucking the when jamie mm. left um king's landing and got to um winterfell in like a day that was <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> It's like half that, a year trick. Yeah, it's like a fucking poor horse must have been pedaling. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right, Carl. Like some of these areas, like um, Sintra and Kaomoran, are not close. Like if you no. look at the map, it's fucking far. But then again, like you said, Aiden, like there's mages with teleportation abilities, but I don't think they touched on it enough. Geralt fucking hates he teleporting. Hates he hates yeah. it like the worst like he can't stand it and then like he's just probably another little nitpick for me was like he's going through the when he goes to the when he goes to Estra to the mages uh hideout in Estruza yeah. he goes through the portal and it's like every time Geralt goes through a portal he's like ah oh, fuck I hate the portals but yeah, yeah he yeah. goes through this one he was just like oh bring up a portal like it didn't yeah, even didn't, didn't really say anything yeah yeah it's like, yeah. A, it's like a running joke in the in the games and stuff yeah almost he hates them yeah yeah like there's a there's a thing in the game they're trying to get to a place called skellige one of the other continents mm. and uh yennefer's like uh i'll i'll do a portal and um Geralt's like oh no i'll take a boat she's like oh it's gonna take you know it's gonna take you weeks to get there and it's yeah. and that's how much he hates the portals is because yeah You've which is funny because yeah the boat ends up being shipwrecked and he'd still rather be shipwrecked than fucking yeah, for a yeah. portal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe we just all need a good fast travel in, in real life. Man, that'd be fast. Idea. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Just get a map, press X, we're there. Yeah. Easy as. <laughs> nah, really enjoyable, man. I, yeah, that, it was really good. One, one of the better series I'd seen in a little while. Um, Ozarks has come out, which I'm going to have to make oh. my way to next. Can we just before? Do you guys watch Ozark? Yeah, I've watched up. I've watched season one, two, and three. I haven't seen anything oh. before so far. No, I'm I'm only a bit into season one. Okay, okay. Oh, when you guys are finished, I'm we'll here do a, for pod. a talk. We'll do a pod. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about the birds. Yeah, because they're the yep. most despicable family in television <laughs> history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, television <laughs> history. I like yeah, it. Save, uh, these I, takes, save these takes. I just, I just don't think you should subject your children to that. But yeah, we'll save it no, for another day. Yeah. watching that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, which is season two? Really good. I enjoyed it better than season one. Um, I still love the very first fight scene. Um, mm. season episode one, season one, so good. But yeah. I did really enjoy like that sort of final battle in season two that that was good too really enjoyed mm. that and the um, battle at um what's the what's the place where nenica is nenica, nenica. oh where, where they, they take they take siri to learn about her magic oh, uh, the temple. yeah the temple the, the i temple. can't remember the name of it but there was an action scene there as well and that was fucking awesome when he cast um the shields oh, fuck, i can't even think of the name uh kuhn on the door eh, so they couldn't get in and he's fighting the guys yeah. with the with the chair and shit. Yeah, no, nah, that yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. I can't yeah. 
remember the name of the place or anything but yeah yeah it's a, a, it's a place it's a place of peak anyone can go there and like regardless of your affiliation yeah. like if you're Nilfgaard or you're the north it's, you can't fight there it's it's like a it actually the rules there reminded me of um the continental hotel in john wick yes if 100%. you're on continental grounds there's no no fighting you know, there's no fighting and that's the same mm. thing here mm. um melly telly yes that's the one Temple poor guy yeah he tried to um you know he's trying to get to know siri because he you know he thinks he's pretty you know pretty and all that and then like six hours later he's stabbed on the gun poor guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and now oh just one last thing what's up with the, the young elf dude uh dara like what's his role in this it seems like he's just hanging around in this scenario so from my recollection and i could be wrong i think he's a netflix created character i don't yeah, remember yeah. I him don't, in the i book don't remember him from anything or the else. game yeah okay yeah yeah because he only... seems to like fall off and now he's back as like is he a spy sort of for the mm. or is it well, he, um dykstra he quit spying dykstra. For dykstra yeah he's and like yeah. i think it was the last episode or the second or last episode he told dykstra he wasn't spying for him anymore and then yeah. they they introduced another, um, which Philippa um, Eilhart, who's another yeah. major, you know, witch in the Covenant going forward as well. So she has a big part to play in the stories to come. But yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, worth a watch for sure. Mm. Um, well, I'll wrap things up. Have a quick chat about NBA. We've got All Star and Trade Deadline, and that we're going to be podcasting on that for sure. But yeah, just tell me, yeah, what. Let's do a little catch up here. Um, mm. Obviously, Embiid's been a beast with your team playing. Um, right in the whole big group now, in the top six in the East, they're all very, very close. So mm. it's, it's interesting to see who sort of emerges in the second half of the season out of the East because there's a, the group of six is only a couple of games between them all. So does Embiid keep putting them on the back and just keep going? It's. Watching it this season, it's like making me sad because mm-hmm. it's like they're Some wasting that just everything. They're wasting this all-time season. Like I've never like there's not a, like efficiency-wise. I think the only people that's played like this has been Wilts, Shaq, and <laughs> I think that's it. Like it's not even close, and it just sucks that every single night he has to do this for them to even win. Like, he had to put up 42 and 13 against the fucking Pelicans without Zion and Brandon Ingram tonight because everyone else, everyone else stunk it up besides Tobias Harris. But it's just increasing the likelihood of me thinking, like, I think they are going to do something at the deadline because you can't be... Look, if you're management and you're looking at what he's doing, you can't sit there and say to yourself... Now nah, we can just wait this Simmons thing out. We need to get him help. Plus, like you said, Carl, like the East is wide open. Like there's a two game gap between one and six. Yeah. Like anyone can jump up between the next couple of weeks. And if one team certainly gets on a roll for the next couple of weeks, they could be that team if they can add some really valuable pieces. Like they just need someone else to give them, you know, 15 to 20, like a third guy. Like it's him, Harris, Maxi. They just need one more. And I think they'll be right in the mix of it for the East. I think Maury just just gotta stop trying to play the backroom shit. Like mm. with this media, like 
oh no, the Pistons offered Grant and fucking Sadiq Bay in a first round pick, and no, that wasn't yeah, good that, enough. That, Bullshit! That it wasn't fucking good enough. Mm-hmm. It was by far the best offer I'd ever seen. More, yeah, yeah, stop fucking around now, man. Like mm. you're wasting Simmons' his season. Value is going down and further and further down. Mm. Make the move. Make the move. Get that three team trade done. Yeah. Get Fox or Jeremy Grant or someone, at least someone good that mm. can contribute, as you say. It's, mm. it's just too much bullshitting around. Just, just get Simmons off your team. He's not going to play for you. Just get it done. If mm. they can get Halliburton and Buddy Heald, like, oh, like, like that's yeah, Harrison Barnes, like fucking, that's huge. Yeah, they just need like more scoring because. Once that starting five goes to the, it's like Corkmas, which he's fine, but that can consistently give you, you know, twelve, fifteen off your bench. Like they just need something, and it's Corkmas just... is uh, real inconsistent. Yeah, like one game he's seven for eleven, and then another game he's like four for twenty or four for sixteen yeah. or whatever it yeah, is. So yeah. you need to balance it out. Yeah, I would take the Halliburton Barnes deal that they were talking about a couple of weeks ago in a heartbeat just so that they can give the team more options because it's just it just feels like a wasted opportunity wasting this season from Embiid. Like if you can add that kind of depth for a guy who's literally not playing, mm. why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Like rather than some pipe dream of James Harden that probably won't come to fruition. Mm. Which I don't think it's happening. I think he's just making sure the Nets are gonna be like at free agency time, yeah, yeah pay him, you know, yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Let's look after yeah. him so he doesn't go anywhere. That's exactly mm. what he's doing. Well think yeah. about that lineup, like Halliburton healed Thibault, Tobias and B. Yeah. Like come or on. Or Curry, man. you can swap yeah. and change Curry or whatever. Or Maxi. Maxi. Yeah, yeah. Maxi's your sort of six man, I'm sort of thinking your impact mm. scorer off the bench, you know, like mm. just get something done, man. Just like, do it. The values just keeps going down. Oh, I, I I actually think Maury would be crazy to keep him past the trade deadline. It's, it sounds like it, that's what he's going to do, but it's insane. I I think the other one, he's just playing it off. Like he's, I think it was a couple of days ago, he was on some Philly talk show saying, "Oh no, we're you know we're just going to stand pat." Bloody da I think he's just keeping expectations low so that when he does eventually make a move at the deadline, people are going to be like not going to fucking freak the fuck out. But, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Like, mm. if, if everyone hypes up this move, yeah, like, oh, he's gonna, and then it, it is like a, um, you know, like not a subpar return, but no stars. Like, it is the Halliburton, Buddy Hill, Harrison Barnes type return. Mm. Then, yeah, people might go, that's all we were waiting for. But yeah. I honestly think most people will just be relieved it's over. It's over. It's done with, I think. Yeah. I think ultimately, like, even from Simmons' side of things i think he's just like fuck he's burning money at this point i think i read today mm. it's up to 15 million dollars of money that is just gone like he he's not getting it back it's he's not you know yeah. ever getting that money back i think for him too would be just like fuck let me just get to a, a place where i can start playing get my get, finances get some going. money back yeah 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 um just speaking on mb though um a couple of days ago i just wanted to touch on the fact that this motherfucker scored 50 points in 27 minutes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's fucking insane. It's like, what? Like, uh, they said it was the same sort of time that Clay did his 60-point game or something. It was like mm. the same sort of, you know, time. And it was like, this fucker, man, he's 
Like, come on, man. Like, get him some help. Yeah. He's averaging 29, 11, four and a half assists. It's fucking Shaq numbers. Block and a half. Shooting 80% from fucking free throw line. 39% from three. Like, every every perceived weakness of his game the last couple of years, he's improved on for the yeah. last three seasons. Like, his passing, he's almost five assists a game. His three-point average is at a 38% rate, which is fucking insane for a big man. It's- Conditioning too. Conditioning. He can yeah, play. A big it's part. a biggie. Yeah. Yeah. The thirty-five minute a game mark is pretty. You know, he can do that pretty comfortably now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Standard for him. Standard. So Whereas, I just yeah, think a couple couple years ago, like you could tell he was fucking guest. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just I hope they get from man. I just I really do. I think you can't waste this type of season when someone's having it. Plus, he's a seven foot two, almost three hundred pound center. Like you don't know when that's going to end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. With his injury past, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to go one more thing on Simmons here, Aiden. Who, what's the most you'd give back to have Ben Simmons on your team? Let, no, let's I don't just want him. no, see, I don't want him. See, you, <laughs> see, you don't even want like that's like me. No. I'm like, like, I don't want him. On, I don't want him anywhere near my team. This is the thing. He would help a lot with our perimeter defense, which is one of our biggest flaws, and with our rebounding. But I don't think his attitudes is right for what I want on on the Hornets. Like so we're, we're, the Hornets so are a real tight knit team. Like this is the thing, right? Yeah. So like we're expecting like Jeremy Grant to be in a first round back or even Halliburton Hield, I think, is too much for me. I'm just mm. like, nah, why why do you give up Halliburton, who's great attitude, great teammate, and plays, has showed he can be a Playmate, guy to build team shoot. around when when Fox Play went team. out. Exactly. Why would you give up him to have a guy with a fucking shitty track record of work ethic, attitude, just stubbornness? Why? I just don't see. Like, I think his value is just at an all time low. Like, and that sucks because of what Philly's been through. But yeah, man, I I just think it's crazy to be holding on to. This is the like I think it's very limited on where he can go. Like, you don't want to put him in there with heaps of young guys to, like, set an example for. And then you don't want him on these vet teams either. Like, I think I don't actually know what team actually. Like, it's like Portland. Sacramento. Yeah, but I, I don't know if Sacramento. You're like, you it would have to be a team. It would have to be a team, like, for situ- like situation purposes only. It would have to be a team like the Lakers with a lot of older heads around that won't deal with that kind of bullshit and there's a clear alpha mm. in, a, in the room whereas like you said if he goes to a place like Sacramento when he's probably going to be seen as the best player on the team that's not ideally the best situation for him given that you know his attitude especially with the young guys around him like you don't want that kind of cancerous attitude in the locker room you want someone that's you know positive and contributes a lot to the team where I think the contender would probably be the like a real serious contender would probably be the best situation purposes for him. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just really tough. I think to fit him on the right team. Mm. Yeah, but and, I don't mm. I don't want Kendrick Nunn and Taylor Horton Tucker. So oh, yeah, <laughs> who, yeah who, who does? does? By the sound of it, who does? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and their stupid two thousand. Hey, their first round, first round pick. That first don't round pick should be pretty good. 
yeah, they yeah. might be total rubbish then. Yeah, that's but, true. But still, yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad like being sort of brought down a peg by offering their shit players and expecting good stuff. <laughs> back. Fuck out of here, no one wants. But to isn't that what they used to? Do? We were all growing watching war. Like they do this shit all the time. They would like yeah. offer like fucking Devin George to. <laughs> or Dirk Nowitzki or something like no, <laughs> like it's not happening. Like look, your shitty fucking um players. Like remember when they try to make Earl Clark a thing? Like they they, <laughs> they try to make. I forgot about Earl Clark. They try to make Earl Clark a, like a legitimate asset. It was Dwight's first season. They're like, oh, you get Earl Clark, man. He's gonna you know, he's gonna take off and do this. I'm like it's, no, uh... yeah, he's he's not. He's rubbish. Like the fucking. <laughs> They try to, they, they've done it so many times over the years. Like, fucking, it was always Devin George and Earl Clark. I remember they try to push on others. <laughs> pretty, oh, actually, similar players, I think. Yeah, exactly. You rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly three and D dudes that, yeah. not even three or D. <laughs> yeah. what's, some, um, what's some teams here that you guys have sort of been keeping an eye on as of late, mm. the last few weeks? Like, me, there's been a couple. I've been starting to watch a bit of the Raptors. They're sort of making a little bit of a sneaky move up in the east there. That, I know they're only 500, but they're, they're getting shit together. They're a game above, I think. They just won today. Oh, they yeah, beat yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Pascal's um, been balling, man. Yeah. He's been Pascal's on been one. Killing it. Killing I think he had a triple-double at halftime, I think. Yeah. Today. Yeah. He could have got it today, but um, Nick pulled him out early. Is <laughs> that... <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's been balling the last maybe yeah, two or three weeks. Has. I think and Van Vliet's the... having a career as well. He should be in the All Star team. Van Vliet yeah, needs to be in the All Star game. Yeah, he's been really good. But yeah, OG. Pascal twenty-one, eight, and five. That's mad. That's so good. Yep. Um, quietly very stoked about that. Mm. Um, I've been keeping an eye on Cleveland. They're still yeah in the top five. Yeah, You'd all their injuries. Drop. Yeah, mm. all their injuries, and they're like, yeah, two games out of first or three games out of first or something. Yeah. It's it's insane how good they're doing. Um, yeah, Garland's been amazing. Jared Allen's been amazing. And they've dealt with injuries all year too. Mm. Yeah. Like Garland's missed time. Allen's missed time. Mobley's missed time. Um, obviously, Rubio's out. Uh, Sexton's out. But, and they just, no matter what they do, they find ways to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, th- I genuinely think um, uh, Bickerstaff's got to be in the running for coach of the year. 100%. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, he has to be. Yeah, him and um, bro from Grizzlies, Taylor. Was it Taylor? Taylor, Taylor, Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, Taylor yeah Jenkins. I've been yeah, I've been yeah. singing his praises for two years now. Yeah, yeah, he, he should be. He diff- has to get a shout for sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> Memphis is one team I've been keeping an eye on all year. Mm. Definitely like what they're doing. Um, like I've. Love the sort of little mini re-emergence of Brandon Clark too. Man, if mm. he played like 30 plus minutes, he'd be like a 30-point scorer in the league. Like he's mm. he just puts up points and rebounds so fast. His, his jump, I don't know what the fuck happened there with their jump shot, but mm. <laughs> if he ever develops like a 36% three-point shot again, man, he, he's going to be a dude everyone wants on their team, but all everything else he does is just so good. Mm. Just switching on defense, you know, help defense. He, you know, he can even guard. I mean, he does get beat a bit. You know, he's been a big guy, but man, he puts in a. And it's, I suppose all the Grizzlies do too. Like, 
Oh, I just yeah, I love it. Love watching the Grizzlies this year. Mm-hmm. It's it's been fun, man. Like with yeah. or without you. Mm. I've been keeping. Uh, I know you said one, but I've been watching a few other teams besides the Sixers. Um, I'll start at the top. Phoenix, like yeah, I watched them. Phoenix, I yeah. watched them yesterday, and that game, you know, was pretty tight. And CP was just like, nah, I'm finishing this off. Take over like, time. Take yeah. over time. Like. And you can see why they're 37 and 9. Like, it's when it comes to the, you know, they can play a multitude of different paces. Like, if you want them to run in transition, they can do that. But if you want them to slow it down and take their time and, you know, pound the ball, they can do it as well. Like, they've been so good. And the other team I've been watching too is um, Minnesota. Um, I just purely and simply for the fact that Anthony Edwards and is like sort of phasing out Carl Anthony Towns as the number one option now. Like no, he's, quite, he's like taking that mantle by force. Like it's like he's fucking just he's the one that's getting all the you know shots going up early. I don't know design or that he it's that attitude of his where he's just like nah fuck it if I'm gonna do this. Um and just to see them there in the seventh seed at the moment it's like it's crazy. I didn't have them that high to start the season. Um and Lastly, just a small one is the Kings. Like, I just want them to hurry up and fucking trade Fox so that Halliburton can run that shit himself because he's too good not to, to be playing some backup, like a yeah. off-ball role. He needs to have the ball all the time to, you know, maximize his potential. And those games where he was, when Fox was out and he was the starting point guard, fuck, he put up numbers. Um, I want to go quickly back to Memphis. Why isn't Ja Morant getting more talk for MVP? So Draymond said, I think he, I think he has been a bit though. <laughs> not, not much. Like NBA had him tenth in their latest thing. Oh, mm. that's low. I didn't yeah, see that. Like, like Steph has been really struggling. Yet Golden State's still winning. So I think that knocks him down a bit. Mm. Um, uh, who else is who else has been in the running? I've well, got I, the I think I mean I Durant's obviously yeah. out with mm. the big injury. Giannis, and then. I think it, like Embiid and Jokic, and especially yeah. those two are really coming on strong. Like, if, I, I really think the they're going to have to look at the rule of a fifth or sixth seed team can't win MVP. I think they're going to have to look at that because I don't think there's anyone from the top teams that really stands out. You know what I mean? Like, mm. there's players who are doing well. Like, like do you could you give it to Chris Paul, even though his numbers are pretty low? I think if they dominate, like if they can, they're clearly the best team in the NBA, right? The Suns. Mm. I don't think there's any yeah. question about that, is there? Mm. No, I don't. Know. I think they are. No, no, no question. Yeah. yeah. So I think if they keep dominating, and you know the obvious factor is Chris Paul, regardless of what the numbers say. I mean, they're very efficient. Like his assists, he'd be right up there. Yeah, mm. I mean, he'd be at least what third in assists, like. I think His points second. are down a bit, but you can, you can see I'll, the impact so, that he makes. I'll put like, it up for you now. And and I think that's a good point too, because like you look at the Miami Heat, who are in the number one seed in the East. Like mm. Jimmy Butler's been injured, Lowry's been out, like Bam's been missing time. Like there's no yeah. one there. Like yeah, like well, what is Tyler Hero the MVP? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like and the Bulls, like who. Levine's missed time. Like DeRozan yeah. is the guy. DeRozan would be the favorite, but still, but it's he's not a clear. Like to me, 
I, to me, I think Demar's under Jokic and Embiid now. For me. I would 100% agree. And yeah. I would put him under Jar as well. Yeah. I think at the moment, maybe Giannis has to be the front runner. I think so. And like it's with, just, with Durant being out? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like a whole, then, then it's Jokic and Embiid for me, and then Jar's just behind. Like, yeah. That, mm. That's what I'd say. But yeah, like the NBA polls have him like eighth, ninth, tenth. Yeah, I think man. that's crazy. Nah, he's a he's a he's, head of courage for me. He's got to be top five minimum. Yeah. So last they haven't up a Kia MVP ladder this week, but last week's one they had the top ten: Jokic one, Giannis two, Embiid three, KD four. So that was before the injury news. Yeah. Chris Paul five, um, then Steph six, Demar seven, Jar eight, Rudy nine. I'll go bear. Sorry, Rudy Gobert nine, and then LeBron ten. Gobert is a bit of a stretch, but um, everything else seems to be on par. Now, now to me, like this guy was has been talked up for a long time. Why is no one mentioning Luca either? Like I know his defense hasn't been as good this year, mm. but it's just I his think... three point shooting, and and he's never been a great three point shooter. Like everything mm. else is right there. And the Mavs, to me, like a lot of people were questioning their roster build coming into the season. Like people were like Ah, Porzingis is shit. You know, they made hardly any moves and like Reggie Bullock's their main signing. Like what the Mavs have done has been impressive too. Like no one's talking about Luca either. I think the Mavs have one of the like the last I think they're number one or two in like defensive efficiency. Like that's you wouldn't expect a team with Luka Doncic to have like such a strong defensive presence. Mm. Um but I think the thing with Luca is Earlier in the season, how out of shape he looked. I think that's a narrative that a lot yep. of the voters have brought back Fully into a it. Like, thing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, to be honest, he was like, he was. I'm just gonna say, he looked pretty fat when he came back. Yeah, like, he, he, was, looked, he was pretty chunky. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty chunky, but he's played himself shape. But yeah, I think that early part of the season's got people a bit on the iffy side. Um, I thought that maybe someone like I personally, Chris Paul, in the top three because. Like thirty seven like if they finish sixty six on sixteen or something ridiculous like that, I think, you know, his his numbers are not that far off from the Steve Nash MVP yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah good point. Um Nash's was like fifteen, eleven, and you know, four or whatever it was, yeah. and pause around That's about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 14, that 14, 10 and four. Yeah, but with better defense and like I just think if Suns go on the you know, a tier sixty six 65 win sort of pace then you know it'd be hard to argue against giving it to him but yeah those three that you guys mentioned Giannis, Jokic and Embiid they're you know clearly the you know three front runners at the moment um I think Darius Garland could you know could be mentioned. Ooh, ooh. no not 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 no, no I like it I like it I just like yeah. it I just like just said Garland, mention yeah. it yeah, just, about just, just just bringing just bringing his name up into the in the conversation just, I like that. You know, yeah, he's been really good for them this year. Plus, he's like Aiden said, fucking amazing. I love amazing. Garland. And these, you know, they're in the top five when no one thought they were going to be a lottery team at all, you know, sort of thing. They were going to be at the bottom of the standing. Now, I just want to go back to comparing Nash and Paul here, just so you said mm. before, and I think that's quite a interesting comparison. Like, they're both, like, as you said, like in their last game, like, CP's like, right, it's time to win this game. Like, Mm. Nash never really had that, Mm-mm. but he just had that, 
you know, they call it gravity these days. Like Nash had that grab like throughout a game, he never really had that takeover in him. Mm, and and dog, especially the yeah. defense, which the defense is nowhere near what CP brings. So like is it even is what CP's doing even better than what Nash ever did? Like Oof. I know it's different. Mm. But like if you think all round, like what CP's doing right now, is it even more impressive, man? I I'm going to on the side of yes, because if you go back to the bubble, they the times before the bubble, before he arrived, they were a uh, laughing stock. Like they no no one took yeah. him seriously. You know, everyone was saying that Devin Booker and me included, I'll admit it, like he was an empty calories type of player. Um and you know, I just didn't see a future for them. But then he turns up in the building. In the last two years, they've you know probably be close to having the best overall win loss record in the regular season anyway. And getting to the finals last year, he's had a massive impact on Phoenix. Like Nash was great in his time as a Suns player, but he never got them to the finals. Mm. <laughs> you know, CP got them to the finals, and you know, and it was just pretty much he was the only. Oh, like they had Jay Crowder come in the free agent signing, but it was basically he was the major free agent signing for them. And and yeah. you look at the pieces around them in the in those rosters too, like mm. like the, this current version of the Suns, like I no Shamit was shit. Like Cameron yeah. Payne, JaVale McGee, fucking mm. Biombo for fuck's sake. Yeah. Biombo is Biombo's like the twenty one and twenty. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man? Like the the talent difference between this sun like it shouldn't be as good as what it is so i'm just looking at this 0405 um suns team so they had amari stoudemire 26 a game sean marion 19 and a half so basically 20 joe johnson 17 nash 15 quentin richardson 15 like they had a much more on the offensive side anyway had much more talent i feel than what this current Phoenix team is it's basically him and Booker and then Aiton when you know you know he comes in when he can but they didn't have a consistent big man like 26 points 26 and 10 every night on they don't they've got 17 and 9 but nothing near what Amari was doing that season yeah yeah it's, it's interesting to compare just when you mm-hmm. said it I was like oh that's interesting but hmm. yeah no, I think maybe the Suns team CP- has has more depth though Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. I think the O four O five their bench was absolute dog shit. They had fucking mm. Walter McCarty. Uh, Jim Jackson was playing. Um, yeah. Leandro Barbosa, but that was early Barbosa. He wasn't what he came he to be. He wasn't. He wasn't Barbosa but, yet. Mm. I don't know, like, man. Jake, I don't Jake know, Voskel. man. Like, this yeah. Suns team's been using fucking Kaminsky for like. Be Biombo, yeah. Just like, honestly, man, like I don't think it's as deep. Like I, I really give the system, the coaching, and the leadership in this team a lot of credit for actually dragging these guys up. A la mm. the Spurs, like Monty Williams. Yeah, yeah like I, I, like honestly, like Shamit was fucking rubbish with weekends, man. Okay. I, I just yeah, did I'm... not see what people saw. And then campaign back from China, like yeah, I, it's depth now, but. Mm. I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not saying I, like the the coaching staff definitely brought this out of them. But what I'm saying is the team right now, because you're talking about what Chris Paul is doing this season. 
Yeah. The team right now has more depth than what that 0405 did in terms of the bench. Uh, the this Suns team has one, two, three, nine. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah, if, if, if guys think. off the bench, if you don't even count Biombo, who's only played nine games, uh, they've got four guys scoring double digits off the bench. Um, mm. The 0405 Suns, Jim Jackson was the top bench scorer at eight points a game. Yeah, he played like 40 games eh, and then he was out. Was he that bad? Yeah. I, thought, I yeah. thought he would have been better by that. Yeah. I mean, mm. it was towards the end of his career, but mm. yeah, more top-heavy. Yeah, definitely definitely more top-heavy for yeah. sure. So, but yeah, yeah. I'm not, not taking anything away. Like, yeah, what Chris Ball's done is amazing. Mm. I just thought I'd, I'd mention that that 0405 mm. team had no depth at all. Would you yeah. guys, would you guys say, just argument's sake, let's say... Chris Paul had instead of fourteen point four, eighteen point four. Would yeah, that, that sort of inserts him yeah, right up? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's what it is too. Like if he if he just had a couple bit more points higher in his points per game average, I think a lot of more people would be like, why not Chris Paul for MVP? Sort of thing. Would, like like I think if he won it with his current scoring average, he would be like the second lowest averaging scoring average for an MVP after mm-hmm. Wes Unseld. Mm. Was unsell was like eleven points or something, but like twenty yeah. rebounds. Twenty rebounds, yeah, yeah. Um. So, because uh, I know, yeah, Steve Nash was yeah fifteen and a half. Yeah, fifteen. And, a half. and I know, I know, he was quite low on the mm. on the list. Mm. Yeah, there wouldn't be many lower than that. Mm. But did Alvin Hayes win it one year? I think his might have been. A, I think Alvin Hayes won one. One year, yeah, you might and be right. Right. just having a look. Oh, and even Wes Unseld was actually a thirteen point eight, so the gap isn't even that much. Uh, so yeah. Bill Bill Russell was fourteen as well, and then Nash mm. is third lowest at fifteen and a half. That's go. crazy. I think with the Nash one, it's pr- like it's like the impact you know he had on is mm. it's pretty similar to what Chris Paul is doing now with this current Phoenix team. It's like you know he comes in and they automatically turn into a 60 plus one team so you know two very similar cases but i wouldn't be like if the nba decide like if they go 67 six wins and they go yeah chris ball is mvp i wouldn't be mad like it'd be fine mm. with me yeah you know? i wouldn't be mad either mm. no neither if they mm. especially if the team sort of is the clear number one yeah <clears throat> i think that makes up for the lack of score mm. Mm. do you uh, think that do you mm. think they come out of the west or do you think it's still the Warriors? Uh, I mean, I see it's. I think Suns Warriors Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I can't pick who's going to come out of it yet. Mm. The health of Draymond is a biggie. Mm. Um, yeah. Clay's like the Trump card, eh? Like if he, they can get him like eighty percent to what he was, then it will be much harder for Phoenix to defend that if they if they if Clay gets back into you know, almost clay mode. Yeah, because I still got I'm so versatile. Mm. You know, all these, you know, one Toscano Anderson, Gary Payton in the second. Jordan like, Paul. Yeah. Jordan Paul's had a great year. Yeah. Um Kaminga's coming on. Mm. Like Wiseman hasn't even come back. Like they've just got options. They've got mm. plenty of options. Moody mm. hasn't even played. Like Otto Porter's had some good points like that. They're very deep. Like they're mm. very, very deep. So, so if they get their shit together, I think the Warriors still like their ceiling's higher than the Suns for me, but 
and I love what the Sun have been doing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was watching Golden State today when they played Dallas, and you know, I wasn't really paying attention, but just you know, on my phone and look up and that. And then by the end of the game, I was like, bro, these guys have got 130. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> how, the, how the fuck did they get 130? Like, and Steph was like, struggling with his shot struggling. in that game too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Jordan Poole seemed like the guy that was, you know, going off today mm. well, from what I saw. So, yeah, you're right, though. Plenty of options. But then Phoenix, like Aiden said, like their bench is pretty fucking, you know, they've got some depth as well. So it'd be a pretty even matchup. No, I think it would be a real fun series. Like mm. McGee is quietly having one of the best, like most efficient anyway, bench seasons in yeah. recent memory. Ten, seven, and sixteen like, minutes. Yeah, like it's yeah. insane. Like his per thirty six is where's his per thirty? Uh, his per thirty six is like off the charts. Uh, twenty two. Yes. Yeah. And sixteen. What's yeah. Brandon? Have you got two have you blocks? Leaders. Where's nah, Brandon just, Clark on their list? I'm, I'm, he's going to be up there, man. Well, I'm going I'm to have a look at. I'll look at Brandon it's Clark Brandon now. Clark. But yeah, 20, 22 and sixteen for Javale McGee per thirty six. Yeah, that's, like at, what's what's McGee? He's like thirty four years old. Yeah, old. It's like having the best season of his career. 13th, 14th season. Yeah, it's it's funny though. Eh? Like you look at like like you look at their stats and whatnot. Like you see, Kaminsky's got ten per game. Biombo's got ten. Javale's got ten. Aiton's around about seventeen. Yeah. The one common denominator is because they're fucking playing with Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Brandon Clark, not quite as impressive. 19 and 10. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Mm. Still not bad, but not quite as impressive as. Yeah, no, that McGee's like. Especially the I, rebounds he gets in a short yeah. amount of time. I know yeah. for fantasy purposes, McGee's like been filling out my backup center role like when I've needed him to a couple of times. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I then, picked him yeah. up in another league. <laughs> it's just. Just quietly has been helping out for 30, 40 points. Nice. Now, I want to <laughs> mention my boy, Cade. Mm-hmm. Been on a bit of a tear to drop 34 today against the mm-hmm. Nuggets. Yeah. So we played the no, Nuggets twice. No free throws, too. No free throws. Did it the hard way. Did it the hard way, yeah, for sure. A lot of perimeter scoring this game for him. Um, mm-hmm. I think he had six threes, I think, of memory. Um, he's just chipping away at Mobley's lead for the Rookie of the Year here. And we dropped um, Killian back to the bench. Um, Corey Joseph starting for us. So it's sort of it's working a bit better. Mm. Uh, I still think Killian gets a lot of undeserved shit. Personally, uh, his defense is great. It's just his shooting. His shooting needs to improve. His, score, his scoring overall, but he has been more aggressive being in this bench unit, just on a side note there with Killian. But it's mm. working better for K too. And... Um, Trey Lyles and the um, starting for them when B. Stew was out helped also having a, having a guy who can pop uh, better than Stewart. Stewart sort of gets in two minds and doesn't really know what he's doing. He's sort of hesitant, even though he likes popping out for three and he doesn't take many of them. So it sort of ruins our momentum. So I think um, Diallo sort of working out his place there too. There's sort of we've got a bit more shooting. Um, Alinek came back, but he's straight into COVID protocols. They would have been better to see him. So yeah, Cade, they're just getting a bit of the the rotations around him a bit better, and he's sort of really thriving in that. So mm. man, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing, man. If I think if he keeps up at this pace, I think he might overtake Mobley at some stage here. But um, mm. yeah, I'm I'm just really impressed at what he's doing. That's interesting. You brought up 
you know, Kate, because I was going to talk to you guys about your guys, you know, rookies and who's impressed you guys in everything. And yeah, I've seen Cade, Mobley, Vance. But is there anyone else you guys think outside of the, you know, the main guys that's impressed you a lot? Like, obviously, Franz Wagner's one for me. Um, Scotty really Vance like, has impressed mm, me. Um, quietly, um, Chris Duarte from the Pacers. Yes. Like, he's yeah. been pretty good. Like, I've, I didn't expect, you know, that kind of, you know, production from him given you know, where he was drafted and whatnot, but he's been really good for them. And even like, even like, I know I might laugh at this, but Omer you'd seven from the heat. Like oh, the even, rebounding man. Yeah, the, he, he played really Jesus. well when uh, yeah, Bam was out. When Bam was out, yeah. So I think last week before the ladder came out, I'm looking at the ladder here, he was like 17 and 10 and four assists. Like, fuck, that's massive given, you know, without Adebayo. So yeah, I've liked what I've seen from those guys. Yeah, I got a I got a name to chuck out. Uh, Ayo mm. Dasunmu. Oh yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, twenty four years Great. Today. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Mm. He's um shooting forty five percent from three. Um, yeah. How was it that? Plays one? good defense. <clears throat> yeah, mm. yeah. Well, he does. He takes two attempts a game, but you know, it's still really good for for a rookie. And he's a second round pick as well. Yeah, mm. like thirty eight. Like thirty eight overall. Thirty eighth overall. Fuck, that's that's extreme value for the Bulls. Like, right. given that yeah. Levine's, you know, injured and you know got a you know Lonzo's out now, so just getting anything from a second round pick like that, that's fucking bonus for them. Yeah, the and I love that he's have those picks too. He's mm. a, he's a Chicago guy as well, so I just I like that. Yeah, like he's born and raised in Chicago, went to college in Illinois. Like it's like when I mean obviously different levels, but when Derek Rose was in Chicago, mm. so, yeah, similar thing, hometown boy. Another one I've liked is, um, even though they stink, is Herbert Jones on the Pelicans. Like, he's really good on defense. Eh? Yep. Like, I've watched him. Like, he can switch. He can play, you know, defend, you know, three, four different positions. Plus, he's almost a, you know, 50, 40, 90 guy. Oh, not 90s in the free throws, but 50 and 40 on field goals and three point percentage. So, yeah, no, he's he's been a big value pickup for them as well. Very disruptive defender, too. Mm. Yeah. Very Got disruptive me. defender. I, I, yeah, love his defense. Got um, fireball vibes with him. The amount of um, yeah, deflections he gets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny though, way eh? like um, I'm looking at the the list for like rookies and and you know Jalen Green's like right at the bottom. He's dropping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like if you go back to the beginning of October, November, like he was in the top two, top three, and now he's just he's not barely making the top ten. Oh, Detroit should have picked him. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> that's the oh, yes, the right yes it's um all detroit detroit fans know about Jalen green um, <laughs> i got, I got one more guy who's who's uh hasn't been consistent but he's had a couple of big games uh at clippers brandon boston jr mm. he's seen a little insane. bit of him what's that yeah he's, a he's had a couple of big games um he had a game-winning shot in, in one game as well, I believe. Mm. Um, but he had, yeah, against Boston a few weeks back, he had uh, 27, uh, 27 and four, and he's had a hit 18-point game just recently. He had 13 yesterday against New York. He had 16 against Denver a couple of days back. Like he's he's inconsistent, but I just thought I'd shout him out because he has had some real bright spots. That's amazing, eh? Like you know. I'm sure you guys can remember in the 90s and the 2000s, like when, unless you were like a top five, top three sort of pick, 
like mm. guys that were on the back end of the draft, like second round picks and all that didn't reg- like contribute in year one straight off the bat. It just yeah. seems like now guys, you know, second rounders, you know, late first rounders, they're coming in and averaging double digits from the jump. Like it's mm. insane how good the rookies are now compared to, you know, 20 or so, 10, 15 years ago. And they're younger. Mm. Yeah. So, like, the, it, like, most people played, like, four years in college back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Like, there was times, there was times in the, you know, all rookie first team selections, like, guys would get in with, like, five points and five <laughs> rebounds a game. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was like, nowadays, it's like, a guy might make the second team if he, if he, does average double digits like back in the day if you average double digits in your first season you're pretty much a lock to get into the first team first team work or rookie yeah times have a change for sure mm. um yeah anything else of note i think yeah just it's a sort of that lull time isn't it mm. that you can feel the you can feel the calm before the storm that's about to happen the the woge twitter storm Yes. Trade deadline. <laughs> when is it? That's February the tenth, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks away. Couple of weeks so, away. The insane one was was it two years? No. Which was last the real year's insane one. Last trade year's deadline? One was pretty fu- fucking pretty full on. I think last year's one was Vucevic getting moved, wasn't it? Vucevic got moved. Yes, he did. Yeah, it was quite a few, like not major ones, Who but those got moved. I think it must have been. Couple of years was it a couple of years ago when it was real the, insane. The the Gore the Dragic year I think was pretty insane when he got moved to Miami. The, I remember that year being pretty full on. That deadline. Yeah, that would have been the same. Well, that was about 2015. Mm. A little while ago. Um, there's a there's a few that I can. It was one like, year where the um the Cavs just traded everyone. Oh, the Dwayne Wade and Isaiah yeah, Thomas sent yeah, Dwayne yeah. Wade back to Miami and the last year of LeBron there. Mm. Yeah, and then brought in who'd they bring in? Uh, uh, uh Williams. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, and yeah, Rodney Hood. Right. I think that's right. That was the conference in that the year, the conference finals against Boston, and like Jeff Green had like a out of body experience in the game seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he sort of helped the Cavs win. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I'm just trying to think back? Like, uh, I think I remember people being like fucking out of their mind when um Gasol got traded to the Lakers, but that was ages ago. But that's a memorable one I can remember. Even yeah. the boogie to Pelicans, I remember that one being a bit. That was big. That yeah, that was a big because that was. I think he got told after the All Star game or yes, before the yes, All Star game right. or something, and he like had this smug look on his face, like, oh, really? So last year's one, there was a lot of moves, but they weren't really huge. I've just mm. brought up a literally the last day of trade deadline year by year. Mm. So last year you had the Austin Rivers uh, to the Thunder, George Hill to the Sixers deal. That was like a mm. three or four teamer. Uh, mm. Vooch to the Bulls. Uh, Powell for Gary Trent Jr. Uh, yeah. uh, Tice, Tice to the Bulls. Uh, that's the one that uh, got Daniel Gafford to the Wizards. Yes, I, and he, I really like Daniel Gafford. Uh, Mo Harkless for uh, Bielitsa. Yeah. Uh, Rajon Rondo for Lou Williams. Terrence Davis for nothing. Oladipo to the Heat for nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh no, actually, mm. no. Kelly Olynyk turned into a god for a little while. Mm. 
um, want to make it to the Hornets? Yes. <laughs> uh, the Aaron Gordon trade was at the deadline. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, there were quite a, quite a lot, like a lot of little ones. Uh, JJ Riddick to the Mavs, DeLon Wright to Corey Joseph, JaVale McGee to the Nuggets, uh, Jeff Teague for Fournier. Uh, and then 2020, there was 11 trades. Uh, 19, 2019, there were 14 trades. 18, there was 12. Yeah. No, the, the last couple of years have been sort of Quiet. the... the Bigger. Well, no, in terms of quantity of trades have been the, the higher ones. Mm. Like they're usually around sort of seven, eight, nine, but mm. those ones was like 12 or 13 or 14. Like in 2007, there were only three trades and they were all garbage. <laughs> wasn't wasn't it 19, was it when I think it was the year Sixers made the move for Tobias, then they traded faults to the trick and then I think they were loading up, and then I think the Raptors went and got Marcus Ole. That was a big deadline, I can remember. Uh, yeah, that's exactly 18. right. Yeah, that was, that was 19. Yeah. And um, then Avery Bradley to the Grizz for Jermichael yes. Green. Yeah. Markel Fultz for Jonathan Simmons. Uh, Stanley Johnson to the Pelicans. I think uh, Fon, Fon to, Maker to the Pistons and Meritage to the yeah, Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, that's the one. That one. But yeah, that um, was the one I can remember that really, like, fucking, oh, shit, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. The infamous uh, Mike Muscala for Beasley and Zubats. I believe that <laughs> yes. was uh, Magic Johnson's last trade in charge. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's yeah. all it was. Um, yeah, Marcus Sol for CJ Miles, Jonas Valanciunas, Delon Wright. Mm. Um, a whole bunch of garbage. Harrison Barnes to the Kings. Ah, for, for, uh, the Mavs. Oh, for yeah. Zach Randolph and Justin Jack. Zach mm. Randolph was in there. Yep. Uh, and then. Yeah, a couple more garbage ones. Mm. Yeah, that but, one I remember being like, there was moves there, you know, teams were sort of like loading up sort of thing, especially in the yeah. East that year. That yeah. East was like, they were, everyone was sort of, you know, stockpiling, you know, their their weapons, so to speak. A lot of Kawhi talk back then. and mm. Anthony Davis. George, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> And then this one will be very memorable when Simmons gets traded for fuck all. <laughs> Come on, I man. mean, I, I hope you get someone back, man. I really do. Like, I want to see you guys make a run. Have him be the way he is. But Simmons, I'm just so low on him. So, so low. You know, in a, knowing my luck, the teams I support, I bet you wherever he goes, like in a couple of years, he'll be like 27, 11, and 8. And he'll be, like, he'll be hitting like five threes a game. He'll be hitting five threes like a game. To, yeah, get, you'll be like almost a 50, 40, 90 guy. Knowing my fucking ridiculous luck, that will happen. And, you know, I'll be just in here like, uh, here we go again with one of my shitty teams being, being oh, fucked I over. I can't see him, man. As, nah, I don't yeah, think I, he's I got think his him. attitude's like his heart doesn't seem in it, you know? Yeah. Well, he's getting maybe that's why he got married. Maybe he's um trying to rediscover his his passion. <laughs> I don't think marriage does that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Oh, he's Australian, maybe. He's Australian, yeah. Well, what hope, little hope we do have. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, okay, boys. I think we'll wrap it up there. A few mm. things, yeah, as we said before, we've got um trade deadline, all star picks, X Men movies to rank wrestling yeah we, you know we're always talking stuff so 
putting stuff coming up. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on. That was a fun one. Heaps of different things to talk about. So cheers once again for coming on over and out. Peace.